Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and uh, who do I have with me here? So, guys, it's Devin. And De- Devin, how, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Doing so, well. Healthy. Good. Got some new tires on my car. Oh, I can survive j- the winter now. Good without shit. risk. Good shit. Yeah, sorry to <laughs> cut you little. off right there. I was just, I was excited. But yeah, how, how, how are your new tires on? I know Devin's kind of ranted to me several times about, like, many issues with his car. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really put off too much. It all kind of piled on. But yeah, no, it's going well. Um, like I mentioned, just when I arrived, kind of, I'm out of the anxiety phase. I'm not like stressing on my car all the time. Still got a couple things I want to do to it, but we're good. So right on. What's new with you, man? Right on. Not a whole lot. Just, uh, you know, trying out. Well, one thing is, I guess what's new with me and with all the people here, hopefully if you're watching is, uh, this stream, uh, I actually ended up redoing the streaming setup a little bit. So this is going to be like the first test of it here. So if we're looking a little bit better, if we're looking a little bit more fluid, if we're sounding a little bit crispier, that's all on purpose. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. You've definitely been putting in some work and sending me some updates, so I, I'm excited to see how this goes. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a fun time for sure. Yeah, and you know what? One thing, maybe I should just up, downgrade to a wired mouse at one point. Unbelievable. I always have this thing where... I, I did this for convenience, but like, you know, sometimes the mouse will just like, I'll move it around and it doesn't work for the first yeah. second or five seconds or 20 seconds, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, I couldn't tolerate that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a weird thing with my, uh, so I have a magic mouse that I was issued to at work um, for my laptop and whatnot. And it does do a thing where it just kind of fails to connect every once in a while. And I have to like shut off my Bluetooth. I think it might be a Mac OS thing more than the mouse but it is such a kill to my flow. Do you do you have a? Uh, sorry for going off on a tangent no, immediately here. But uh, do you have a official like Apple mouse or is yep. it? Uh, it's the, oh, it's oh. the Apple Magic Mouse. Okay. It's the first generation. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Damn. Um, seems to be OS oriented and not the mouse itself. But yeah, that's just something I have a real hard time tolerating. But it's a work issued mouse, and I don't have another one that. I can bring in necessarily that's decent. And I don't feel like buying one for work at the moment. I totally understand that. Especially after getting tires and working on my car. Yep. So. I totally get that. I totally get that. I respect it. Put some respect on your name and everything. Respect you for working through that mouse issue, man. Yeah. <laughs> don't I try. Don't I flip try. out on stream now. Yeah. One of the things here, yeah, WC anyways, thank you for coming through. But he's saying cameras at a bit of a weird angle. I have no idea how to angle things probably. My can't my angles are always bad. I appreciate that that feedback so far, WC <laughs> anyways, but that's just like well, a problem with me. I think we need to figure out so this one, I don't know if this is any different, but I was thinking about it just a minute ago. I look like I'm at more of a right angle than usual. Too. And I think that's part of it. It's yeah. just like you, if we, if we to talk, be honest, the last thing we need to update is the table because if we get a bigger table, we'll have more comfortable space, and then I can move the camera a little bit further back and a little bit further up. Yeah. That's gonna be the final upgrade to this whole setup. All right. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, we're working on it. We are working on it. Working progress diligently. Yeah. So. Hey, what's up, Jason? He's coming through. Escort due as always. But yeah, we have several topics to go through. It looks like, don't we? Yeah. Stack. Yes. Stack. Yeah. I think the first thing we can talk about, we can actually just go straight into this in regards to the PS4. You want to take this, or should I take this here? Uh, I can give it a start. I looked into it a bit, and maybe you can fill in some gaps with some of your own knowledge. Absolutely. So um, it looks like Fail Overflow has announced that they have um, a pretty well-documented exploit for, was it all current PS4s, really? Yes. 
right? Yes. So there's yeah. nothing that's been distributed yet in a nicely neat package. So uh, this is really for developers or people that want to get their hands dirty at the moment. But they did have a seriously good write-up here. Um, it's pretty interesting because uh, the exploit is oriented around the HDMI CEC, which the CEC, uh, from what I understand, is kind of the interface that allows you to basically turn on a TV when you turn on your PS4. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know too much about it. I know the concept, so I don't know if it's passing data along to the TV to be able to execute the uh, function to turn on. But yeah, essentially, with a little bit of hardware modification, um, they're able to overwrite the PS4's south bridge, which is one of the main parts of the whole uh, system on a chip. Um, and yeah, once we, we override the whole CEC thing, we can get some arbitrary code to execute and go from there. Absolutely. You, you covered it pretty well, and I, I do appreciate that. But um, yeah, CEC, at least my, uh, my my knowledge and I guess experience with CEC, it doesn't even have to do with exploitation here. It's been, I actually dealt with CEC, like several CEC related headaches. For some reason, if I had it like on a certain type of combination on my TV, my signal would just cut out. And it was only on one of my display ports, which is the 4K60 port. So imagine you're in the middle of a multiplayer game and your HDMI just cuts out. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to make the handshake and everything. And it was related to CEC. So I actually had to disable CEC on my TV and on my consoles and it seemed to resolve it. But I just find this to be funny. And I even mentioned this on Twitter. I'm just like, you know what? CEC caused me so much of a headache in my setup. I am glad that we can use it for something. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> it, thankfully, it's something that's not like that much of a quality of life improvement. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not missing out on much. And mm-hmm. so it's, I would imagine it. I don't know. You, maybe you could tell me. Does this current come by default turned on on PS4s? <sighs> that I don't remember. Um mm. I, th- I know it was default on my TV. I don't know about the systems, but it's essentially, it's just in short, if you have it all enabled, when you turn on your PS4, for example, you turn on your PS4, your TV turns on, and mm-hmm. vice versa. You turn on your TV, your PS4 kicks on. Thank you so much, ModShot, for the $2 donation, by the way. Starting it off early. Much appreciated. Thank yeah. you. Now, Nicholas is straight up saying here, the w- real question is, will anything happen with CEC? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the questionable thing, um, right now, uh, do you have the, the website, uh, streaming right now? Yeah, I do. Cool. So as we can see here, it does involve a little bit of, uh, soldering. There's a couple of wires Mm -hmm. here. I I don't, I smell mod chip. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a very, very good possibility here. Um, you know, this is the kind of thing that sometimes a soft mod comes out of this, but you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't bet on it right now. Um, this is probably going to be something hardware-oriented, yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if a mod chip came in to simplify a few things. For sure, for sure. Yeah, e- even with that, or even, I don't know, I guess I just had this fever dream imagination type thing of this, but what if they even did something where they did a type of HDMI dongle, so to speak? Hmm. Maybe I'm just too used to switch stuff right now, but literally like kind of like a little pass-through interface of some kind that you could literally hook up to the HDMI port that executes that code. And then you plug in your HDMI display into that. So it's kind of just, you know, an adapter, so to speak, between the HDMI port of your PS4 and your HDMI cable going to your TV. I don't know if that's possible. I just think it'd be cool. But maybe I'm just focused on the Switch a little bit too much. Yeah, not everything can be that easy. <sighs> I know. But, yeah, who knows? Um, I think it's going to be, you know, just as a lot of this stuff interesting. We'll keep eyes on it. And uh, and we'll, like, let you know if you guys have updates. Absolutely. Um, there is a couple things I wanted to note here. Uh 
they did mention fail overflow. They said while the root keys and the fuses and ROM of EMC versions besides the first are still unknown, they could yet be recovered with side channel attacks. So hmm. um, we don't have root keys from this, but this is definitely a likely step in the right direction. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Team Overflow, for putting that out. And yeah. thank you, Devin, for summarizing that very well. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm really happy about that, too. I even had, to be honest, I had the uh, the Wolo article they did summing, summing it up kind of in my back pocket of just like, yeah, what if we don't know anything about this? But <laughs> no, we were, we were able to tackle that well, I would say. Cool, yeah. And I've been taking some notes because some, sometimes when I go through these articles and uh, all the stuff that we talk about, there's so much content that it's really hard to keep your head wrapped Absolutely. around it all. Absolutely. Dark Element is saying here, most likely patchable by hardware revision. I do agree that oh, yeah. we can see this. Now, as we know right now, all even the, the new bundles that have come out, I don't know what the last bundle was for the PS4, but like brand new bundles that just came out for the PS4 are still exploitable with this. So at least everything right now is hardware exploitable, which right. makes me happy. Yep. Yeah. Keep hold of those PlayStations and maybe something cool will come out of it. Exactly. We'll just have to see. Yeah, I guess I'll go ahead. I don't mind taking this next topic here. Go if you for don't it. Mind. Oh, yeah. And this actually has to do with I, I wanted to actually kind of give my insight on this, too, because this is a little bit near and dear to me. Right. This is in regards to YouTube. And thankfully, people who are who are on the lookout, they did hit me up and they're just like, hey, you might want to see this. And I did. And I am very appreciative of it. Shout out to Mod Shop. I know he was one of the first people that linked it over to me. Uh, but this is a little bit spooky. And I'm going to say, you know, first of all, it's, well, let's go ahead and just get into this here. Uh, so as it says right here, I'm going to have, you know, everything linked down below in the description on the YouTube, um, uh, on the YouTube video once this is all uploaded and everything. But this is YouTube is terminating game hacking channels. Now, before I start, you know, freaking out, going crazy, before anybody else in the comment section here starts freaking out and going crazy over this, let's just kind of look at this a bit here. So, uh, this guy, I don't remember his, well, actually, we can see it through his archive.org page, uh, which I will just let that load up. Stephen Chapman, he was saying, this morning, YouTube terminated my channel, as well as guided hacking and cheat the games channels. I've appealed the termination, but because this appears to be a concerted effort, I'm not holding my breath that I will be able to reclaim the channel. The reason for the termination was cited as the following. We'd like to inform you that we've received a circumvention of, technolo of technologies complaint regarding your YouTube account, Stephen Chapman. Upon review, we've determined that activity in your account violates YouTube's terms of service. As a result, we've terminated your channel. If you'd like to repeal, eh, appeal the suspension, Please submit this form. Now, here it's talking about CTM, kind of like going into the details here. And they even say, when we say circumvention of technological measures, we're referring to tools that allow users to evade a software's licensing protocol. This can mean serial numbers, keygens, passwords, and other methods to hack software or games. A CTM claim is appropriate when the infringed material isn't present in the video or directly linked to but the video offers a way for users to access it illegitimately. So the overall theme, he, theme here seemed to be this was with channels who were using things such as Cheat Engine to reverse engineer games, create cheats, what have you on there. So some people might be saying this is going to absolutely kill you know, any type of channels like that. This will kill modding channels. 
whatever it is. I have a little bit of insight onto that. And granted, this is kind of where I want to interject and say, I'm also not ignorant in, in, in believing that YouTube can change your stuff at any given time. And I'm aware just with my own transgressions that, with them that the right hand really doesn't talk with the left hand when it comes to YouTube. So you can have a video that's in the clear just fine and it will get a strike while as we'll have other completely inappropriate videos that stay on the website for years and years and years, what have you on that. Um, so mainly getting into this here, I'm kind of going to, let's see what I'm going to go with, what I'm going to go with here. I'll actually, you know what, I'll kind of bring up just to get into my thoughts, uh, the comment that I had left on this in regards to it all. Uh, I need to kind of find the newest ones because I didn't have the direct link on here. And awesome. It's not even wanting to load up. <laughs> it's not one to load up. That is absolutely oh, fantastic. That's what you get for slacking, man. I know, I know. So while you look for that, I do want to sure. talk about some something else that was kind of quoted in this Reddit uh, sure. post here. And I found it, so we're good. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to run through this real quick because I do absolutely. think it's interesting. Um, basically, this guy had said, uh, from his interpretation, you know, basically a debugger attached to any application for any reason at all is cause enough for an actionable CTM claim. With wording, uh, with that wording above, a company like Microsoft could technically target a video that shows people how to use X64 DBG to invert the font and background color in Notepad. Why? Because even though the video wasn't demonstrating how to crack windows, X64 DBG can be used as a tool to do such work. And Notepad is a part of Windows, ergo CTM complaint. Uh, this is kind of thing where, I don't know. Some people did say it was a bit of a stretch claiming something like that. Sure, but it also seems with the way they have phrased it, kind of the, the, the looseness of the wording uh, to a good extent is... I don't know. It opens them opens the door for them to target people that they want to target. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. let things slide that they don't care about. But when you know it comes down to it, when someone makes a certain kind of complaint or a company wants to go after someone, they can be able. They can be like, "Oh, well, we can point to this." And so, sorry, you broke the rules technically. Mm -hmm. it, it it falls, and I see the appropriateness of it if used. But it falls into that place where, for example, kind of just stripping it to piracy, where you're showing someone how to pirate something, but you're not redistributing it. Mm -hmm. So one example I'll kind of just like strip this down would be if Devin created a program and you were charging for it and I made a video showing how to crack the program. Now, if I had a download link available to a cracked version of your software, you could appropriately file a copyright strike against my video and it'd go through and you know, that would be fine. And even if I tried to contest it, I'm sure I would lose in a court of law with that because that is directly with distribution. But if I'm showing how to crack it and I'm not having any links and I'm not distributing it, that's where you filing a CTM claim would be appropriate mm -hmm. because I'm not redistributing it, but I am showing people how to circumvent this to get your program for free. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to this here, I'll go ahead and go back over to the post now, I kind of wanted to just highlight what I had put here because for anyone that doesn't know, I'd actually dealt with a few 3DS-related strikes a couple years ago, and they were community guideline strikes. They were not copyright strikes. However, I decided to dig back through my emails because I remember they mentioned CTM at one point, and this was before they overturned it. But I wanted to start asking, and I did ask them, and they were really nice at the time they is in YouTube, uh, but I wanted to ask, you know, hey, how can I avoid this in the future? Why was it decided? What could kind of keep me safe, so to speak? 
So, you know, I mentioned that on here, and this is the direct email. So this is the email from YouTube, one of them that I copy and pasted. And they had cited this saying, you know, when we say circumvention of technological measures, we're referring to tools that allow users to evade all that other fun stuff. So YouTube had told me here, this is from YouTube, again, as per the snippet above, the strike that was confused as a penalty in our terms has a very thin line in terms of being approved or not. To keep it simple, as long as your metadata clearly defines that this is not a form of hacking, circumventing technology to have access to it, it should be fine within our guidelines. Many people these days go to Google and YouTube for general how-tos and life hacks hacks. If videos that would have, <laughs> this isn't the best, but mind you, this is what they said. If videos that would have hacking is included, it is like we, YouTube, is promoting how to hack, even if it was made by a user that is just making these videos to share knowledge. Hence the reason as to why such is not allowed on our platform. Again, our apologies. Make your content clear and legal so that such scenarios would not be misinterpreted by general viewers and our internal team alike. And that's what I want to go over to Steven's channel here. So this is channel showing in the Wayback Machine. And this is kind of what would throw me for a loop on here um, if I was YouTube and that's even what I mentioned in the comments. The things I see that would raise a red flag would be how to crack and patch applications with Cheat Engine and mentioning crack me here. Uh, what else is there? Game hacking. Uh, game hacking. Again, game hacking. Game hacking. Uh, Cheat Engine itself should be fine overall, but how to crack applications with Cheat Engine. How to crack and patch applications with Cheat Engine. So just taking one look at this, it would really look like this channel is promoting malicious hacking and cracking and reversing um, you, you know, any mm -hmm. type of measures and DRM that's put in place. Right. Yeah. So the other two channels, Guided Hacking and Cheat the Game, I believe both of those channels have appealed and they got declined. But Steven appealed, and his appeal, from what I know, is still being run at the moment. So that's a good sign. I'm really hoping people are at YouTube are looking at it and kind of, you know, sitting on it a little bit and trying to really discuss and think about it internally before they give a final judgment on here. But it really comes down to the metadata mm -hmm. and how it's all looking. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of like, you know, a better, a, a better term, even if like this, this video, for example, how to crack applications with Cheat Engine. If it was something along the lines of how to reverse a application with Cheat Engine. I think that would be more appropriate, at least in YouTube's lingo right there. Yeah. But when you're mentioning things like cracking and hacking, that is what they don't want on the website. That is when they were telling me, hey, you got to clearly label your metadata as mm -hmm. such. Right. <clears throat> I mean, this whole thing, it seems like there's kind of, I want to say there's two different issues, right? But it is like, the wording that they sent out about their kind of guidelines and whatnot is a bit loose, but oh, yeah. this person that was affected is in like the worst case scenario to a good extent, right? Um, I don't know. It's really confusing. I definitely saw some people kind of talking about this on Twitter and whatnot, and I, I don't know. I have a really hard time with the whole thing. I'd like to get some of your thoughts on this because I'm definitely a proponent of private companies. I guess YouTube's not private, huh? They're a public traded company. I mean, they're Techn under, they're under Google. Yeah, but you know, if companies do Alphabet. what, if, if companies do 
things and their shareholders find it in the best interest, you know, they have the right to do that. Uh, this isn't a public service necessarily. So I don't know. I, I have a real hard time with things like this um, and how I exactly feel about them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really have a whole lot more to speak on the whole situation. I've not had to face any of these problems, but... I I can understand them wanting to cover their ass and everything on there. Um, And and it kind of, it really kind of falls into a a crevice as well, too, with that, because these CTM claims, um, these are then handled because a company, here's the the thing, too, uh, not any random person can file a CTM claim. The owner has to file it. So again, using that that example of me cracking Devin's hypothetical application, a random person in the comment section here cannot file that claim. Devin, as the owner of that application, has to file the claim. The company that you might have here in this scenario has to file that claim against me. But it's not handled as a copyright claim. It's handled under YouTube. So the way they do it has to make whoever it is happy there. Mm-hmm. So depends on what it is. While as like with a copyright strike, for example, they're very much hands-off. Because mm-hmm. they have to be, because that's how YouTube exists. They have that safe harbor type thing where it's, hey, we don't get involved in a copyright because like you company, you have an issue with this user. If you have that, file the claim. If you still have an issue, sue them. But as soon as YouTube gets involved, like if they try and intervene on that copyright, that's when they can be held liable. So that's why the safe harbor thing is there. It's a spooky time for content creation overall. Even it doesn't help that this isn't related to it, but I've been looking a lot more into like Article 13 lately. And I don't know if you've really looked into that so much. Nope. It's essentially kind of like, you know, how we had like ACTA and SOPA and PIPA years ago, mm-hmm. how the U.S. was trying to police the Internet. Now it seems like the EU is trying to police <clears throat> the Internet. And in short, in its current instance, YouTube is pretty much saying, yeah, like this has been okayed. And in its current existence, if it becomes legal, we're just going to have to cut off the EU from YouTube. Yeah. 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 So that means any YouTube, like YouTube content creators in the EU wouldn't be able to upload. People who are in the EU wouldn't be able to watch most content. Really, the only content that you can watch is stuff that is 100% created by you or you have the licenses to use whatever is in there. And uh, then as like then for creating, you have to prove to YouTube if you're in the EU that you own everything in that video that you're using or you have licenses to use what you don't mm-hmm. own. So they're basically saying it's not going to be worth the trouble, and they just cut them off? For, for the most part, yeah, mm-hmm. unless it can be proved. So if it goes through in its effect, that will be very spooky, but on top of that, I think VPN sales are just going to absolutely skyrocket. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff, you know, especially when you're talking about, like, legislation from, like, a, a country or, like, EU level, uh, it's pretty tough because we're often dealing with people that don't understand the gravity of what they're doing yeah. or what they're putting in. The, the bad thing is, too, a lot of the people that were voting on this, like up to the vote and even after they voted, people were going up to them and trying to bring up these issues. And most of these people, because it's old heads that really don't use the Internet the way we do or don't mm-hmm. understand it in its current 2018 state, they're just like, oh, we had no idea. Like we didn't know the pure gravity of this. Because on on the um, on the surface level, it looks like it's good, where it's designed to, uh, you know, fairly put out copyright, make sure nobody is pirating literally everything out there. Not just like movies and music, but even protecting media and such, and just giving everyone like the fair rights that they would need to. All the making sure 
um, content creators are getting their stuff out there appropriately, make sure it's credited appropriately, make sure it's monetized appropriately, make sure they're not getting anything stolen from them. So it looks like on a very, very surface level, it's positive for anybody who's creating content online. But if it trickles like the, the, the way it is right now, it's also so vaguely worded that it can apply to everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I dislike the most. You know, mm -hmm. I can, I can disagree with a lot of policies. I can disagree with a lot of guidelines, but I would like things to be more explicit than not. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Because even it, it'd be as far as the point where it's like, I mean, like these are just blinds, so it's okay. But like, let's say if we were in the EU and I, we were doing this stream and I had a photo of like a poster of Grand Theft Auto V behind me here. I would have to show that I have a license to show that image behind me on my screen because I don't own that image. Right. Like, that's how strict it would be. So, pretty crazy, man. Yeah. Well, I hope for the best, especially for the people in the EU. Cause <sighs> Same here. I, I, have to, I have to do a lot more research on it as well, too, but yep. damn. Yeah. Well, we should probably move on because we have a lot of topics. Absolutely. And we're going to be... It's going to be a long one if we're not careful. Yes, yes, it can be for sure. <laughs> so, moving on, uh, getting outside of the YouTube realm, Fallout 76. Fallout sure. 76. A lot of people have heard about this, some of the new hotness coming. Um, it looks like, even though the game's not, it's not officially out yet, right? I think it did come out. I think so. Oh, that shows how no. much I've been following it. To, to answer, this is very late, but to answer the person last month who kept asking if we were excited for fallout 76 no i haven't i haven't been following it like at all yeah like at all yeah <laughs> i mean i've heard about it and like you know I'm, I'm happy for the people that are hyped on it but you know it fallout was i don't know i played a bit of fallout 4 it, it was nice and i actually actually recently re-downloaded it and played it for a little bit i don't know it might continue but mm -hmm. um it's fun yeah i mean it's fun it's just not it's never been a franchise that i followed like real close mm -hmm. um Looking it up real quick. It sure, came sure. out today. Okay. So at On the time Wednesday? of Wednesday? Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, no. According to Google, November 14th, 2018. Weird. Games come out on Tuesday or Friday, or if you're Nintendo, Sunday. I never mm -hmm. understood the Sunday release, by the way. I don't get that. Hey, it's, I didn't release it, man. I don't know. Dude, I don't know. Friday, you, you release something because you want people to enjoy it over the weekend. Tuesday, that's video game release day. I Sunday or Wednesday, these don't make sense to me. Tuesday doesn't make sense to me. It's just, it doesn't make sense, but it's just universally known as video game release day. So um, in that instance, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean something else. It's, you can't have another day, man. I don't know. You seem way more bent out of shape about that than I am. I am, man. Who releases a game on a Wednesday? I don't know why it matters, but I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you fume on that for a second. Sure. But, go um, ahead, go ahead and so this was clearly yeah, before fume. this, this, uh, Reddit article was, uh, posted 10 days ago. Yeah. Um, and even back then, I don't know if this was a beta or an early copy. Um, it was a beta. So it was hacked <laughs> and endlessly. Um, there was a lot of stuff that seems to be basically virtually no anti-cheat kind of measures. There's no like file integrity checks no. of any kind. There's not even like any network traffic checks of any kind. No. So I don't know how much you looked into this, but it seemed like he was doing some pretty nefarious stuff or had the potential of doing that pretty easily. Um, I don't know. Some of the inter most interesting things was like uh, sending network traffic to like show that you had like max health for mm -hmm. everyone or like what kind of like weapons you had or anything. Yeah. Really. 
Um, I don't know. It's pretty interesting and seems kind of surprising for a company this big. I, th- I think one big thing is Bethesda doesn't really know how to do online all that well, and they're using yeah. this old-ass engine that can be easily exploited, manipulated, and they're not putting the proper checks in there. I don't know what they were thinking with all of this. This is also, Devin, the same beta, you have to realize, where it was deleting itself. Hmm. Like, they're, 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 the three issues I'm thinking of were they had to extend the beta because people download this 50-gigabyte beta to preload it, and imagine the day the beta opens... You try and get in, and it deleted itself. Hmm. And yeah. now, to from from what I saw, another thing was to uninstall the beta, you had to purchase the game to uninstall it, like just naturally without ripping it out of your system. Um, and there was there was one other issue I would no another issue I was seeing was like achievement progress. For example, if you did stuff in the beta, you would, and then you started on the the actual game, and you were trying to continue off that, you wouldn't get those achievements. So that's uh, kind of, I can kind of see that though. I can kind of see that one, but the other two is just like that's just I, I don't know how they borked this so hard. Yeah, especially with Fallout being such a well-respected series. But yeah, I agree yeah. with you. It's probably just the fact that they don't have that much experience with uh, the online play. I mean, they've done Elder Scrolls Online, but were they actually the ones to? work on that i thought it was a different studio it might have been a different studio I, I could be wrong. no you're, you're correct it is but the same publisher but different studios oh. yeah i don't know anyone in the comments if you're playing fallout 76 let me know your thoughts on it because oh. that, that's what i would like to see uh one thing that it's probably a result of the game engine itself uh that i thought was interesting here um the uh op had said that terrain and invisible wall collision is like entirely client side which seems to be a major <laughs> oversight um, so, with some modification, he could walk through walls, uh, see through walls, probably shoot through walls, and this is all client-side. Yeah. So, um, it's probably not going to be something that other people will leverage, so he can literally be running around, or whoever can be running around, abusing these things, and it doesn't affect anyone else, and it's entirely client-side. So, yeah, I mean, just even from, like, the architecture of the game it seems to be just fundamentally flawed yeah and I, I i don't know how i don't know how they goofed that hard but they they did it yeah so uh, there's uh definitely you know who knows what's going to happen in the future it's very possible that these things are going to get updates um maybe we'll get like a master chief collection where in two years it'll be solid yeah let's hope so but yeah i don't know i don't it's it's an mmo but not mmo i don't play mmos but i don't know normally it's these things kind of come out rough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a big undertaking, so. It is. But yeah, um, if anybody's in the chat, let us know how's, how are things going. It looks like, I mean, from what I'm seeing here, people are saying, like, Dentron saying, I got Hitman. James said, I'm probably going to get Red Dead Redemption 2. It looks like a lot of our chat wasn't excited for 76 either. Yeah, <laughs> there's some good games coming out, especially Red Dead. I've mm-hmm. heard nothing but good things. Actually, I heard one bad thing. What have you heard? Basically, it was uh, it was a friend who's also a dad, and it basically came down to like, this is too real, and I don't have time to live real life. This is kind of annoying, and I just want to play a freaking game. I understand. That's that's what prevented me from getting into Papers, Please. I played it for I don't know. I heard all these excellent things about it, and I played it for like ten minutes, and it felt like work. And I'm just like, I just got off work 45 minutes ago. I don't want to work again. Yeah. And I can totally feel that. I mean, it's a total different scale, but I've been trying to get myself to go back and play just to finish Breath of the Wild. But the way I play that game, the way I enjoy it the most is to like not rush through it and do nothing but like explore and just let things go and 
mm-hmm. it's just it I'm in a weird thing because I just like I don't want to rush straight through it but it takes so long for me to do anything and you know Mike my, my my gaming habits these days like if I'm gonna spend I don't know like I don't spend that much time playing games if I'm I gonna spend like an hour or two a week I'm not gonna do it getting nothing done mm-hmm. and that's what I feel like whenever I play um breath of the wild lately so i'm probably not gonna pick up red dead specifically because i'm pretty sure i'm not gonna enjoy it red dead's really good i would say i respect it it's not i respect it it's not perfect by any means but i guess my issue with it is and this is just personal for me um i can't play it for more than an hour and a half two hours because it's a very very chill game like it's not like a hype game that i'll really get into and play and delve into like grand theft auto 5 was for example it's very much a like I'm just gonna sit back, relax, and you know, just kind of turn off, turn my brain to about 50% power, and just enjoy the game. And because I get into that mindset, I can't play it for hours at a time. Dude, I can I, only play it for two hours max. I haven't played a game for two hours or more in probably five years. I believe it. Like that's what happens. Thirty minutes hour play sessions are like all I have time for these days. Like it's usually like nine o'clock at night. Like I got an hour before bed. I'll try and play something. And there's usually a little bit of ramp up and ramp down time. So mm-hmm. if it's not like giving me some satisfaction, I'm not going to play it. In fact, I picked up Odyssey again because I still haven't finished that either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't pretty, either. I'm pretty well into it. And I picked that up. Boom. Instant satisfaction. Yeah. I cleared like two levels in like an hour and it felt great. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. I had a, what was the, my issue? I don't, I don't remember the other issue I had, but no, I've. No, I remember what I was going to say when you were talking about, you know, games like you haven't sat down for a while on that. Um, I kind of have to force myself to play games. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just some people say, you know, you shouldn't force yourself to do, do some whatever it is. But I think of it as like working out where it's like I have to force myself to work out. I have to put it on a schedule. Mm-hmm. And then when I go in like the first five minutes, kind of miserable, kind of don't like it. But then 15, 20 minutes later, you're really enjoying yourself. You're feeling good and everything. So it's one of those things where. I don't really feel like doing this right now, but I know I'm going to enjoy it. And I, I have to do that with several things in my life. Video games, one of them, sometimes it's YouTube content creation as well, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just getting that momentum going and starting is the hardest part. Yeah. That's about it. On a different note, I've been reading more than I ever have in my life. So. That's an excellent trait to have, an excellent yeah, you know, hobby, hobby to have there. Yeah. So. But that's also like that instant satisfaction. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I get a lot more. I mean, it depends on the book and whatnot, but like I get a lot more out of it. True that. And, you know, don't have to boot up a console. Yeah. Just flick on the Kindle. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Trevor, I also want to say thank you very much for the uh, five euro donation. Yeah. He says, burning the midnight oil here in the UK. Great show so far, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for staying up. I'm not sure what time. While you can hopefully still watch us, remember Article 13. Yeah, right. Dude, that spooked me out so much. Man, I don't know. But yeah, we appreciate appreciate you being live when it's probably (laughs) decently late there or decently early, depending on how things pan out. For sure. We appreciate everyone here. And speaking of some things to appreciate, want to uh, move on to some some DRM talk? Uh, sure. You want me to take this one? Sure. We we have a few to yeah, go. Yeah, so sure. You, you can nab this first one. All right, sure. So cracking DRM to fix electronics is now legal at a federal level. At a federal level in the U.S. That makes right. me happy. Right, right, right. So um, this is pretty interesting, and I'm sure there's a lot we could talk about for this, but. 
the general idea is that basically cracking DRM to fix electronics to put it into its um, state. Here, I even have a quote. Um, you do. Let's see. Yeah. So this, all this stuff that's happened on the federal level allows breaking digital rights management, a.k.a. DRM, and embedded software locks for the maintenance of a device or system in order to make it work in accordance with its original specifications or the repair of a device or system uh, or system to a state of working in its accordance with its original specifications. So that's the interesting wording there, right? Mm-hmm. It's for repair purposes. Right. Yeah. Um, putting it into its an original state. So if we're talking about, I, I'm trying to think of something here, uh, perhaps something along the lines of a jailbreak or I don't know. Which jailbreaking is legal. Sure. Jailbreaking phones Sure. I'm legal. trying to think of a good example for it, but something that like you're doing something to achieve something, maybe to bring more life out of a system or something like that, that ends up leaving it into a modified state. The, um, the example I was thinking of, I, I think it's because I just, I spent so much time in this scene was the Xbox 360 where I've, I've had to do this, but let's say you get a hold of a Xbox and it has a mismatching DVD drive yeah. and you don't have the key on there, but you want to play discs on it again. Right. Yeah. At that point, like with this law here, what you can do is completely legally, you'd be able to get the firmware if you have to reverse break anything, mind you, like, you know, break any DRM, you can totally do that to modify your system just enough to get that DVD key, flash it onto a fir- like paired up with the firmware, flash it onto a drive, and of course, you know, remove any type of modifications that have been on the system. That's where it's saying right mm-hmm. here. But you could do, like, if someone tries to argue that obtaining and creating and flashing that drive firmware is legal, it's okay as long as you're doing it as a repair and you're bringing it back to its stock state. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But any, I mean, keeping in mind that any other things around it, right, like, if we're flashing firmwares and obtaining the firmware is illegal, mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't make that suddenly legal. Right. Right. So. Right. If um, it can't be distributed, mind you, whatever it is. Right. I think overall, this is a good thing, though. Absolutely. Um, you know, this this fits in a little bit with the whole right to repair movement that's going on right now, which Makes is really so awesome. Happy. So I, I think overall, this is really, really good. And I think that things were, you know, unlike what we saw before, maybe they're not like to the T explicit, but it's pretty explicit on their intentions, mm-hmm. right? Getting a device back to its original working state. Absolutely. So I think it's pretty cool. The only, and, and this isn't going to be a downside of this law, just the downside is don't think that everything's going to be magically repairable now because companies, all companies are actively working harder to, you know, put third-party repair shops, unauthorized mm-hmm. repairs, all that stuff out of business. So for existing devices or devices that could be easily, you know, the, the DRM could be circumvented to repair it, bring it back to a working natural state such as this, that's great. But devices in five years are going to be much harder to repair than the ones out now in 2018. Right. So. And the first company that comes to mind for me is definitely Apple who has been, you know, in the forefront of trying to stop the right to repair movement and make things much more difficult. And, um, yeah, I don't know if there's a whole lot uh, that would fall in line for Apple right now as far as this goes, Um, but even some of their new uh, computers have these, like, you know, the T2 chips or whatever that are, like, basically like an ARM chip that contains a lot of the... uh, 
contains like the secure boot protocols mm-hmm. and the uh, encryption keys and whatnot for like encrypting and decrypting the drives. Uh, so I don't know, you know, I think the Apple computers, it's funny because Apple is like trying to fight against this, but they also could very well be a prime candidate for why this would be good in the future. Yeah. Um, and they only service, you know, a couple generations of their laptops. So I've seen situations where they're basically trying to get, you know, third-party repair shops shut down. Yeah. Uh, but also yeah. not servicing the laptops that are totally still usable. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they're basically making it so, you know, this isn't like planned obsolescence, but this is like, no, you, if you break it, you're forced to upgrade. Yeah. If you want to stay legal or within their guidelines. Lewis Rossman's been a really good advocate for Lewis Rossman. Oh, yeah. Love his content. I think anybody watching this, by the way, would love Lewis Rossman. Shouts out to Lewis Rossman. Shouts out to Lewis Rossman. But, yeah, he uh, he makes his living repairing Apple hardware and everything. And there was a... No, not just Apple hardware. I think that's just, like, the best examples for his videos. That's most of his stuff. A lot. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think I think it's the best thing to Devin, put on how TV. How many people in New York use Apple products for their stuff? I'm that sure need a lot. Repairs. I'm sure a lot. Yeah, but yeah, no. What what happened was there was uh, CNBC. I believe they did excellent reports where he was on there and they had a they had a laptop like this where the backlight wasn't working and mm-hmm. they took it to an Apple repair shop. They talked to the genius and he's like, yeah. So <laughs> to ship it out, it's going to be this much. Do this is going to be this much. In the end, it's going to be like mm, over two thousand dollars to fix. And to be honest with you, dude, you should probably just get a new MacBook. They took it to Lewis, and he opened it up. Within 15 minutes, he's like, oh, yeah, this is the pin right here. We're just going to extend out, pop it in, and there, your laptop's fixed. And they asked, like, okay, how much would you charge for that? He's like, if you walked in off the street, if it was just this, I wouldn't charge you anything. If I had to replace this, I would charge you a little bit of labor and parts, but this is a good repair, and I will say for 99% of users, this repair will last you until end of life on the laptop when you decide you want to upgrade mm-hmm. and get a new laptop. Right. Now, I don't want to conflate, like, bad business practices with, like, the legality. Because they're not, I mean, it, it gets into a weird gray area. But this is, I think this is more of Apple being, like, it's actually more cost-effective to us to not spend the time to actually look into these small things and actually, like trace the power and see where power is lost and see where voltage is lower than it should be and stuff like that it's literally i think just quicker for them to be like full board replacements full this and that because it's just too much time spent and obviously a lot of their uh, customer base is willing to spend the money to upgrade true that so true that um, i think that is less of like trying to trick the consumer intentionally and just bad business practices um you combine that with the fact that they're trying to get people to stop doing third-party repairs, and it gets worse. But it is a little bit separate than the whole uh, DRM cracking stuff. So mm-hmm. we did get on a little bit of a tangent. So yes. sorry, guys. No, no, it's all good. I, I, so far, nobody complained, nobody yelled. So I think everyone enjoyed it. Right. Yeah, we appreciate that. Thank you so For much. Shouts out to Lewis Rossman. Shouts His out content to Lewis is gold. I, I, I seriously feel like it's almost <laughs> like ASMR for me. Like even if you didn't really enjoy board repair, I feel like you could put that on, and somebody would be like. This is pleasing. Exactly. And I don't know why. Yeah. He's even, an extremely smart guy. And he can, I mean, he, he can make his stuff make sense to anyone. Have you been, what I've loved is like, he's always, sorry to interrupt, but he's always been, he's always just seen everyone as people. He doesn't, uh, almost to the degree where, degree where it could be like irresponsible because I've seen him like punch down. I think he does it a lot less now, but he used to punch down several times, not like in a leafy scenario, but he would see like one random person would comment something like, 
I remember one video directly where this guy was pretty much saying, oh yeah, Lewis can do all this because he has all the money and people can send him all this stuff and he can have that microscope and I'm, I'm suffering for this. So he got on video for like 15, 20 minutes and showed this guy's comment, like his username and everything, and pretty much just kind of like politely railed him and said, this is what your mindset is. This is incorrect. You need to change this or else you're just going to infinitely fail at life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he's a good guy, and he's in the middle of New York where it's extremely expensive, so he's definitely on his own grind. For sure. For sure. We do have another mm-hmm. DRM-related thing as well, too, yeah. to discuss, and this is here from Tom's Hardware. The U.S. feds also allow DRM cracking to preserve abandoned internet-based games. Right, and I, I don't know if I actually saw this. It's kind of something that was a little bit of an afterthought, but sure. do you know if they actually defined what internet-based games are? I'm looking on here, abandoned games that did not require an internet connection already had an exemption for allowing third parties to break the game's digital right management in order to preserve them. Here we go. However, that exemption didn't include games that required an online connection to work. The Copyright Office and the Librarian of Congress have now added an exemption so that third parties could also preserve this type of game. The exemption doesn't allow just anyone to crack the DRM of old games. Only institutions that have legally obtained a copy of the game's server code, as well as its local client code, can do so. These institutions are then allowed to break the DRM and modify the code as they see fit to preserve the game's on right. modern operating systems. Right. So the reason why I bring that up is I, I think that someone could interpret this like internet-based games thing as like Flash games. I thought of that as I was saying it out loud. I was like, oh, Newgrounds. Yeah, yeah no, not at all. But these no, are they're... these are more like so. Let's say an MMO or like you know yeah. Let's say like Halo CE or something like that, right? Um, Halo. Like, I mean, if we're trying to like play, so if I was thinking, I just I guess Halo has like you know you can host. I think you can host servers and all that. Uh, I don't know about that. Maybe maybe Halo was for this example. Let's take that out. Let's say that whatever, you had but to match yeah, make and use Microsoft or Gearbox sure, based servers. Whatever World of Warcraft, yeah. whatever. But if these World games, of Warcraft. There we go. Let's these, say that went poof. Right. Let's say they took the servers down. So if they could legally acquire the game server side code, then it's legal for and them to client side code. And client-side. But, I mean, well, I guess the point is that you would have the client-side code already, likely. I mean... uh, Likely. But it does explicitly say there you need mm -hmm. to have legally obtained client-side and server-side code. Right. You pretty much just need to say, hey, look, I can legally rebuild this game if I want to. I don't understand, you know, this comes into a weird gray area because, like, who's... What game studio is going to give away their server-side code just like that? Like... I mean, I think there's a few out there that would do it. Um, I think like Cities of Heroes, for example. I mean, that's one where that's an MMO. You had to connect out to servers and it died out and everything. Um, but then there's only kind of here like museums or libraries who specialize in this thing would be would be able to do it. It wouldn't necessarily be for random people like us. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I think this is a good thing. But, you know, I, I don't think it's just like... I don't know. I wonder how much this is actually going to change because I don't think that all these game companies, I'm sure there are like some special cases, but I don't think tons of game companies are just going to flip and be like, oh, well, we'll start distributing our server code. Like, I think if they were interested in doing that, they would already be like, hey, you can host your own things. And here, like this, this law doesn't, isn't going to change the company's attitudes. You know, respectfully, I'm going to disagree with that kind of on, on the issue of it. I don't think it's going to be that they're afraid to give out their server code. I think a lot of the issue is going to be a lot of them might not know where it is, or they might not have it complete. Well, yeah, well, I, okay, sure, <laughs> sure, but I'm just saying that this law I don't think is going to change the 
much of what the companies actually do. Maybe okay. there will be some legality around it, but I don't think a company that has the ability to do this, that has the server-side code, if they see this, I doubt that they're going to be like, oh, well, now we'll just release it. It's like, well, you technically could have done that before, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so if someone... They could have, but they didn't, but now at least it can go through an institution. Yeah. It wouldn't be a business, mind you, because a lot of these, like, for example, I'm sure, like, City of Heroes, it got to the point where it wasn't profitable to maintain anymore. Mm-hmm. They might have been losing money on it for the small fan base it was having. It wasn't generating enough revenue. Mm-hmm. So at that point, if they wanted to hand over their server, because, you know, they killed off the game, they're not going to do anything else with it. If a library wants to work on preserving this, getting it back up and running, they'll say, you know what, this will be fine. Yeah, you're going to get this, build it up, make sure it's archived properly, make sure it is working, and you handle all that because we're done with it Mm business-wise. So, Overall, though, I think these things are good to see. Yeah. Uh, I think they only will benefit, you know, if anything. Um, But, yeah, I just don't want people to get too hyped thinking that like all these old games are just going to start coming back and you'll be able to start playing them all for you know online or whatever again and all these old games are going to get revitalized because it's still the responsibility of the person who owns the material to actually distribute it to these institutions i feel like we might see some games but it's not gonna be a flood right mind you perhaps the fact that it is based around a certain kind of institution making this a little bit more legit maybe Mm -hmm. maybe more will be encouraged to be like i know this is actually going in good hands and isn't going into like the vortex of the internet Mm mm-hmm yeah, I know um, WC Anyways, he's here saying majority of old game servers that disappear just turned off. They didn't back up the code. It's just gone. And that is my worry with this. Sure. Even with, I'm sure there's going to be companies that are willing to do this, but a lot of them might just be like, dude, we don't have the code or it's incomplete. Like we're missing 60% of what, what it is here. So. Which is, kind of blows my mind as a developer but i also understand that these people are working at a job and you know once the, the job's over it's like I, i'm not going to keep this on my computer or you shouldn't keep oh, this on a lot computer. of times it's illegal to yeah. keep it on oh your yes computer, and there has been times where like that it's, that shit goes to court it's um, basically it's usually it's usually illegal unless it's open source yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah but um yeah no i uh so, I mean, you know, you think about, like, how could that possibly happen? But it's just like, you know, if it ends with the person in management or something like that who doesn't even know or care that much, you mm-hmm. know, it's not that much of a surprise that we can lose so much. Yeah. And, and I will even say, kind of, I just want to run a, um, a scenario by uh, one person here who's saying, yeah, I don't buy that. All the server code just goes poof. They don't write server-side patches on the server. They are compiled on a workstation and then uploaded. So a lot of companies, especially gaming companies, really don't archive their stuff all that well. They might not have the best, um, was it change management on yeah. these things either. Version you're control. That, version control, thank you. Yeah. And then you're saying like when it comes down to, you know, being compiled on a workstation and such, I mean, those things crash. Or if it's a desktop, you can't take that home with you. It has right. to stay there. It's going to get decommissioned. If you're an employee that ends up leaving, they might have to wipe your stuff. If you have patch code that is from a patch that you issued four years ago they're not really going to see much of a business need most of the time to back that up Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of going to go poof and that's where we've seen a lot of things that can be uncovered but a lot of things are just completely gone there's many games that get remastered where they can't be remastered properly because the final code isn't available Mm -hmm. we've seen other games like saints or undercover on psp where Many people at Volition had no idea a PSP game was even in development. The way they figured it out was some new guy was walking around some of the archives and said, why do we have a PSP dev kit? We never made a PSP game. 
And there was like one or two people that remember that they made a PSP game. So that was at least a nicer version of it. But yeah, it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. When you can't take <laughs> code home. I mean, every once in a while I've heard about these things where people like sell these old copies of games that they've held on to forever or like an old dev machine. But usually whether like statute of limitations have been lifted or not, it's usually like started out illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just, that's just the nature of the beast. And, you know, managers and managers and managers end up not being that competent or caring that much you mm-hmm. know a lot of times it comes down to the bottom dollar and saving old code usually isn't at the top of their priority list that is true well shall we move on to the last legal absolutely thing on our list? absolutely now this is this is good if you're nintendo right this is not like we we came off these happy legal matters but we have one disappointing legal matter i guess if you're if you're if you're on the receiving end of this yeah i yeah. mean it's but not it's also much... kind of a well no shit right type is it, scenario. this isn't this isn't something that someone totally got the shaft and didn't see it coming and mm-hmm. you know this is you know it is when it comes back down to that whole like mm, you know maybe i don't agree with it entirely i mean actually i don't know i kind of do to an extent agree with this but uh, you know a bit more about this. I missed this article. I, I kind of have the high level, but sure, do you want to sure. go ahead and take this one? Sure, I don't mind. So we're going to be going back to this Love Roms and Love Retro thing that we talked about mm-hmm. uh, several months ago. So for anybody that doesn't know, we did cover this on Mod Chat before, and uh, Nintendo ended up going after uh, two websites that were owned by the same person. We now know a couple end up owning them in Arizona. The websites were Love Roms and Love Retro. And it looks like this was settled. This never went to court. So for anybody who's saying, oh, this was done really quickly, there was no court case, which is why it finished up so fast within four months, I want to say. But it has been announced that this couple did settle with Nintendo out of court. And uh, in short, from what I remember here, I can look on the article, but mind you, um, I remember most of it on this. Uh, They ended up, so Nintendo now has both the sites, Love Retro and Love ROMs. Uh, they had to shut them down, of course. The sites just have an apology to Nintendo on there. Uh, they have to also, of course, big thing here, uh, the final settlement damage was over $12 million that they have to hand over to Nintendo. So they got to get set up with something along those lines, like a payment plan, something along <laughs> those lines. Um, and I think the other thing was they have to, they, of course, cannot emulate nintendo games they themselves can't can't touch roms any of that stuff and they have to hand over any type of nintendo stuff that they own so any type of roms any type of emulators related to that any type of hard backups even even a hoodie yeah anything property of nintendo (laughs) the these this couple is not allowed to have anything nintendo and they of course can't tamper with nintendo stuff in the future and they can't touch nintendo roms in the future so that's why I'm kind of saying, you know, it, it's, I'm sure it's bad being this couple, but it's also kind of a no shit ever. I don't think anybody said, oh yeah, this couple is going to win in court. Right. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I don't know when you, when you get a DMCA takedown from a company like Nintendo, I'm not going to be the first one to challenge that in any shape or form, whether it's legally or like passively. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to. Maybe when if you've been working on this for years and this is kind of your baby to an extent, I understand it's probably going to be a hard blow. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they were making money off this. Sure. Not only that, they sure. were making some good money off this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I would hope that someone would keep something like this alive after getting a DMCA notice out of a passion for doing it to an extent and maybe the community around it rather than just making money 
if that was literally your only intention, then I feel I don't feel sorry for you at all. <laughs> and, and that's and that's the thing when it came to the original complaint as well too. Nintendo was saying you know they have heavy monetization on the site through ads. Uh, they were also using Nintendo IPs, characters, animations, things like that to you know entice the site to decorate it and everything. Um, and that's of course you know kind of just some of the legalese on that as well. But yeah speaking of dmca so devin mentioned a dmca claim and i want to say you know shout out to wc anyways for giving me this information now he told me this several months ago and i don't know if i shared it on here and i got the okay from him to share it but he had said that all the big rom sites actually got dmcas or c it wasn't cease and desist it was dmca takedowns where nintendo went through probably the past i would say within the past year they hit up all the big rom sites and they said hey you're hosting these games. Let's say like Super Mario 64, Super Mario World, Super Mario World 2. You need to remove this content immediately. And for the most part, all the big ROM sites did, except for Love ROMs and Love Retro. So when I'd actually talked with him about this privately, he was like, yeah, no, it wasn't really surprising because they were the only ones who were host who who did not honor that DMCA takedown. All the other big websites did the ones who came under fire from Nintendo and got those claims, but these two didn't. So it's no coincidence. Right. And it's not just like randomly Nintendo just kind of like threw the chips <clears> down <throat> and said, we're going to go after Love ROMs and Love Retro. No, no, no. They they sent legal complaints to all of these sites for DMCA content, and Love Retro and Love ROMs were the only two big sites that did not honor this. On top of that, I, I also I don't know of the copyright change on there, um, but from what I understand games that are games and media and such that was released after 2006 is handled a bit differently and they were hosting 3ds games and now he's mentioning in the comments as well too they're hosting 3ds and wii u games so that also brought a different dynamic to it on top of that as well uh this wasn't said by wc anyways this was said by many other people who had talked about this uh they had it to the point, like Love ROMs and Re Love Retro, they had it to the point you could play several of these games without even downloading them. They had browser-based emulators and ROMs within them as well, too. So you could literally just go to the website and play these ROMs without downloading anything, all within your browser. And that's been shown, not just with these sites. That's been shown when it's been created with, I think, like 3D NES and several yeah. other related projects where these browser-based emulators almost always have ROMs baked into them and they get taken down because of the ROMs, mm -hmm. not because of the right. emulator. Yeah. And I'm sure there, if they really wanted to, there should be some ability to be able to like upload your own ROM into the, in the browser. But yeah, I mean, ease of use trumps all in a lot of situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to feel sorry for these people. I mean, at least, you know, obviously $12 million is a huge hit. Um, I really doubt they made that much money off their site. I doubt they had $12 million stashed up. I really doubt they had $12 million stashed up. <laughs> or maybe they did. Maybe they do other things on the side, and they were just like, screw it. If they sue us, we have the cash to blow through. I yeah. mean, that, that's definitely a possibility. But, um, yeah, it's hard to feel sorry for them when, you know, this wasn't Nintendo letting this go for a long time and then coming out and just punishing someone like this. Yeah. This, there was Which, technically, they still have the rights to do, but at least it's... I didn't feel bad for them when I heard about the DMCA type thing because, right. again, it wasn't just them. It was all the big ROM sites. From what I know, all and the we... big ROM sites got hit with these DMCA claims, and all of them complied except for these two, and these two were the ones that were sued and taken down. And we talked about some of the ones that did uh, 
did take their you know ROMs down and whatnot. You know whether it was like MU Paradise, uh, or whatever, and that you know they pivoted. They looked at the signs. They you know said, okay, we're not going to do this. We'll try and continue on in maybe some other fashion, or just shut down entirely. And I think that was definitely the best way to do it. Like I said. I would not be the first one to challenge Nintendo or any of these major companies. Um, just it doesn't seem worth it at all. Right. And they and this company didn't want to. I mean, the yeah, company, couple and all that, because they technically had a company. Um, because they didn't comply with the DMCA, but when they got that takedown, that's why they settled out of court. Because they knew that they were not going to survive this in court. Right. Yeah. So. Best of luck to them. Yeah. Hopefully they <laughs> stick to the clean life. Let's Man. hope so. Well, they can't they can't stick to that Nintendo life anymore, unfortunately. Hey, we've seen when people go back on that in the past. I mean, they're going to be watched like hawks, <laughs> I feel like. What was the the did guy making the mod menu who then started like distributing the mod Chrome menu? Chrome mods. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chrome so, mods. We've already talked about that a couple times. If you haven't, go check out some of our past episodes. I don't yes. know which one we talked about it in, but they're all good, so. Yep. But yeah, so I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. All right, should we go ahead and move on? Absolutely. We have this is this is an anomaly here. We're not starting off with switch stuff. We're now like in the middle and talking about switch stuff. Yeah, but yeah. we still have some some pretty good content here. We do. We do. So I can uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and take this first one. Absolutely. Yeah. Good because I I want to I want to admire the photo here. A new piece of homebrew came out that <laughs> seems to be pretty useful. <laughs> And like you were inferring, their logo is Dude, I love fantastic. The, I, I love the icon so much. This does make me, I, I love these <laughs> simple, mostly flat graphics. This makes me want to be, you know, like a graphics designer and invest some time into being mm-hmm. able to whip something like this up. But yeah, no, uh, it's a neat little utility. It's extremely simple. Um, it's basically for dumping your firmware easily to your SD card. Um, one thing I like about this quite a bit is that not only can you dump the firmware that's currently installed and running, but you can also dump the firmware that is downloaded but not yet installed. Correct. Right? Yep. So if you have that queue where it's like, hey, you go into like the settings, system updates available, you know, you don't go to click install or whatever, um, but that's still downloaded locally and uh, is on the file system. So with this, uh, if you wanted to dump an update or developers want to dump an update whoever this would be most useful for to be able to look into it poke into it without actually updating your console you can do that and i think it's pretty cool um we've had firmware or ota updates for a long time on these consoles but that's not something i ever thought of like personally like dumping an ota before you flash it right yeah so i thought that was kind of neat I think it's fantastic, yeah. It's a very bare-bones application. You know, it doesn't look incredibly fancy, but... Hey, man, it looks incredible to me with that icon, all right? I yeah, love yeah. the toilet icon. Just just, just look at this yeah. piece of beauty right here. They need to put that on the UI somewhere. Yeah. Just a little little toilet there in the corner of the, the dump screen. Truly. Truly. So, yeah. uh, if this is something you guys are interested in, go to your dump on. But I'm sure this will also <laughs> provide useful for a lot of people, you know, whether it's, you know, research... Uh, development, even though anyone who needed access to the firmwares probably already has them. Yes, but, but now you can immediately access them. You can dump them yourself and everything as opposed yep. to, you know, waiting for third parties and all that stuff. Yep, so if you want to create your own little archive, go for it. True that. Yeah. In regards to dumps, we also have... Now, I saw this just came out today. We have some mm-hmm. SX stuff to talk about. We're going to be talking about here... SX Dumper. Breaking news. Breaking news. Which I have to say, I'm shocked that it took so long to release something like this. Right. Where 
we've had a few fir- like cart dumpers. I know mm-hmm. um, I've used Wayne cart dumper, like W A I N, to dump my own cartridge collection, and it worked well enough. But from what I know, it was a private tool that got leaked out publicly, and you can't dump the newest games. You can't dump card two, I believe, and some others. Uh, there was another one or two other open source cartridge dumpers, and they just didn't work for me. Hmm. So I just used Wayne. But SX Dumper is here, and talking about this, and speaking of this, today we are back with the help of our friends Wayne, who developed a very useful app for SXOS. So to me, it's looking like Wayne ended up just developing their own dumper, but it got skinned and licensed, I guess licensed, you can say here, as a SX, a team executor dumper. Yeah, I mean, so in general, we've heard of team executor talking to the community, not really working with them, but if you remember they're... Maybe even talking at the community. Well, the, I'm, I'm thinking more to. specifically the whole retro arch thing. Yeah. They were like trying to convince one of the retro arch developers to basically make it so it ran better on SXOS. Yes, I remember so, that. I would not be surprised, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if some money was involved, right? Some kind of an offer. So I would not be surprised if it's like, hey, this whole like closed source uh, um, game dumping tool is available. That maybe one of the better ones. Let's go mm-hmm. contact that developer, try and strike a deal. And you know, closed source software doesn't necessarily mean that you know you would just be all about the money. But if you're not doing it for the open source nature, then yeah, maybe he was just like, yeah, sure, I'm yeah. already doing this in private anyway. Maybe I, I have money out I of it. have no doubt that Wayne is getting paid to develop SX Dumper, and I'm sure it was mostly just a reskin to get it, you know, looking prettier <laughs> and everything, because it was just a text-based user interface prior. And it's funny because I, I don't have a screenshot here, but if you open up like the the actual like Wayne Cart Dumper, the one that's not SX, it even has a shout out to Team Executor on there. It says something along the lines of like Team Executor sucks at pirating. Hmm. <laughs> So I saw in GBA Temp some people were calling that out. I I found that to be a little bit funny. But yeah, I think it's I think it's nice that we have, you know, an actual hopefully good dumper. Mm -hmm. I have to give this a shot. And it's not something that's exclusive to SXOS, because it's an application. It's not something that's built into the OS. Right. They don't say anything here about like increased compatibility with games or card two games or anything like that. So I don't know if we you know, unless we actually start experimenting, I don't know if we know if that's been improved or if it's truly I'm is. Sure, I'm sure it has been. From what I heard, the the builds of the Wayne Kart Dumper were still... They were able to do Card 2, and they were able to do bigger games and everything and dump those just fine. But the ones that leaked out to the public couldn't do that because right. they weren't the updated ones. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, go uh, go get your dump on. So get your dump on. Plenty of dumping to do this month. <laughs> yeah. Now, even what if you want to dump some things to an SD card? Well, you can. You can. What are you going to put on that SD card? Things and stuff. Well, you can find a lot of that at this website. What website are we talking about? Uh, it looks like sdsetup.com. Yeah, and this is this is just I, I really wanted to give this website a shout out. Yeah, it's pretty have, sweet. Have you checked this out? I did. I haven't ran it. I'm probably going to actually. I've been behind. I meant to get my switch updated this past month and didn't get around to it. But I think I'm going to use this and give it a go to kind of mm-hmm. get my stuff set up. Um, I probably don't need everything that it comes with, but it's nice little package, and I definitely like the idea of the the website. Absolutely. Um, this is stuff like this that I wish there were more of. 
back when I was in like the peak of my like hacking days, whether it was on the PSP or even sometimes the 3DS, mm-hmm. uh, something like this would have made things a lot easier. Oh yeah. Uh, and on top of that, so this is based off of initially like you know S- the SD files, right? Yeah. So, by Tomger, I want to say, or Tomger. Oh, I can't remember. He was and I know, out, like he always put out his SD files packages. Right. I know there were and there was a couple people who had like kind of forked it and tweaked it and did a couple things. There was I know there was a couple builds of that stuff floating around. Sure. Um, but this basically will put the latest SD files on your system or on your SD card, I should say, uh, and also let you like kind of pick a few other like. Uh, whether it's homebrew or different things, um, just to kind of get things set up. Um, and as you can see here, yeah, there. Yeah. This, I thought I was, this was, was really say, nice. I mean, yeah, let's let's build one out. Yeah. Um, so let's we're gonna do atmosphere. Right. And you know, then you could pick whatever you want to. So I want. Eh, let's get checkpoint on there. Let's get tinfoil, which we are going to be talking about. Right. Which which tinfoil is that? I don't think we know. Dude, I don't. Uh. Oh, let's see. Sorry, we're kind of going a little bit off tangent here. That's FTP, D. Well, what the hell? Oh, okay. No, here, here, here. Okay, which one is it? Gold leaf. All so right, that's the sorry good one. To, sorry to sorry to spoil, but we're gonna talk about it. And let's get you know retro arch. That would be good. Let's get postal. Shout out to MVG for creating that. And here, then you can look at this. You can customize retro arch and put what chords you want to on it. Why not all the chords? This is so dope. Oh, there's there's no all the chords option. Damn. Yeah. Okay, that that's. Uh, it'd be nice if you could just pick all the courses. Just pick those ones. Select your extras. So however you want to pull it in. I'm gonna do like Hecate for example. I need the Tegra RCM GUI tool right there. And let's get the Android tool. And you click download your zip. And now here. what is nice about this is um, the source for this website is available. Because um, it's GitHub, isn't it? Yeah, um, or Git base because there was like GitHub in the top right corner. I see. I think that was just a link to the. Oh, derp. my bad. I mean, <laughs> but it's an open source website, is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, they're just uh, they're just hosting the source code. So if you know maybe select all could be pull requested pull ugh, can't speak pull requested in. Sure. Um. But yeah, no, it's pretty neat. Um. And to answer your kind of question, it's probably based on Git. Anyone who likes to, you know, be sane while developing software is probably going to use Git. Mm-hmm. Except for BSD folks. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, it's a nice little utility. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's a whole lot more to talk about it. I think it's just... I just wanted to give it a big shout-out, yeah, to absolutely. be honest. Yeah, um, I haven't used it myself, but even just the idea of it, uh, two thumbs up here. So hopefully they keep up with the software so that you're not downloading, you know, outdated stuff but mm-hmm. um so far it looks good i think so and the fact that it's open source means that you know if new packages do come out or whatever hopefully the community can kind of take over if need be mm-hmm. absolutely cool yeah. stuff now it looks like we have a new a new old game that's on the switch right thanks to the homebrew community right so it looks like um i don't even know how you would pronounce this like zash I'm, I'm, yeah zash 3d that's what i right. call it or zashed if you want to say that, you could. I'm, I'm saying Zash 3D. I think that's probably <laughs> probably the way to go. Mm-hmm. But basically, this is an open source uh, kind of re-implementation of the Gold Source engine yeah. that was ported to the Switch. So this is not like an original piece of software on the Switch. This is a port, but essentially, this is like uh, it's based off of Valve's Gold Source engine, which is what Half Life was built on. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the most common thing to 
you know do with this engine is to run half-life because it's so popular and so well revered um so yeah it, uh, you know I, I haven't tried this out myself just like <laughs> like a lot of stuff lately but it's really cool um did you ever play a lot of half-life I never finished the first one. I, I did play quite a bit of it, though. I always restarted my save was my problem hmm. for some reason. Uh, and I've played it on PC and Dreamcast and PS2. But uh, Half-Life 2, I did finish. Nice. Yeah. I never played either of them. They're cool games. I played like a demo of Half-Life 2, and I thought it was impressive. They're really cool games. The, the crowbar is dope. Yeah. Yeah, just so powerful. Um, <laughs> so one thing that excited about uh, this excited me about this is not only can you play half-life it's a great game and who knows maybe i'll actually give it a go um now that it's accessible Mm -hmm. but because it's a a open source re-implementation of the gold source engine there are a lot of mods out there for this there are um and it's even saying here for example in note while blue shift and opposing force should start they are unlikely to be compatible at this point due to custom entities completable to those oh completable excuse me at this point, due to custom entities unique to those games being missing. Gotcha. But they should at least start. Right. That's a good start. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely like, uh, you know, as long as we're not missing assets that have, like, legal bindings with them, uh, this should be a good start uh, to getting more compatibility with more of these mods. Absolutely. Um, one of them that I had seen was, like, a Quake wrapper that basically, uh, I don't know if it's one-to-one perfect, but, you know, uh, if you run the Gold Source engine on something else or the Zash 3D engine, you can play Quake and you can play a bunch of other things. Uh, and there's even like a, a mod DB um, site out here that you can go look at uh, Zash 3D uh, games. And there's a ton of stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff I've never heard of. There's like a Meanwhile in Russia shooter, an Area 51 kind of 3D alien shooter. Uh, so it'd be really cool to see this actually get working compatible uh, well with a lot of these mods just to open up more games to, Absolutely. The, to the switch Absolutely Yeah, I think Let's see I've I need to download Half-Life because I, I have it purchased multiple different ways and really just kind of Grab the valve file and dump it in and give that a, a shot mm-hmm. There's several of these games that have been ported that I need to try I really want to try postal as well, too, but I need to purchase that Yeah, yeah. postal's an interesting one for sure <laughs> i played postal two and three i've still never played the first one that was the one that was ported over so i've never played any of them they're you know notorious mm-hmm. but yeah cool. i don't know it, you know those kind of games it's like uh you know i don't know not usually my jive i understand we need counter-strike 1.6 on switch from killer mods i that would be cool to see mm. <laughs> oh man yeah that would be, counter-strike on the switch would be pretty solid mm-hmm. for it, sure Anyways, should we go ahead and move on? Yeah. Now, Devin, I I had seen this. You had seen it. Mm-hmm. Would you mind taking this one? Because you might know a little bit more than me, and I just uh, I, I don't know if I could take this too seriously. Well, okay, yeah. So, <sighs> first of all, you know, you got to love and hate Vice, right? Like, I don't know. They have just as many redeeming qualities as they have just, I don't know what you call it. Oh, you skipped one, but it's all good. Vice one. Oh. I'll take it. Well, you know, Danny, when you reorder the topics all the time. I didn't reorder it this time. <laughs> which, which, where are we at on this? It's oh, okay. Go, okay. Go, go with the Vice one. It's all good. Okay, uh, we I can still, do that. I still wanted to give this a shout out. Okay, we can do that. Sure. Sure you don't want to go back? No, let's just do this. We'll, we'll flip them. It's all good. We'll revisit it. Okay. <laughs> all right. We got to get our, our timelines and reorderings in check. <laughs> I didn't reorder the timeline. 
I don't know, Danny. I'm looking at the live one here, dude. All right, man. All right. But anyways, so Motherboard, Vice, um, they basically went and uh, I, I, they had gotten in contact with some of the Switch hackers and whatnot and kind of got some insight on the scene. You know, I don't know how much you really want to go into this, Danny, because we've talked about some of it, haven't talked about some of it. This I more, to be honest, kind of just wanted to give a shout out to this yeah. article because I thought it was pretty well written. I thought it was absolutely interesting. And I love this this picture, by the way. I just right. I love this photo for some reason. But yeah. Inside the messy, dark side of Nintendo Switch piracy, doxing rivals, stealing each other's files and poking around Nintendo servers are all a normal part of the ballooning Nintendo Switch hacking and piracy scenes. It's pretty dramatic. It was, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but yeah, it is dramatic. I do want to give it a shout out, though. We will, once this is over, the stream is over, I will have this linked down below in the description on YouTube. I'd encourage you, if you have, like, spare five, ten minutes, give this a read if you're interested. It's it's definitely interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, a lot goes on behind the hacks that you get on the, you know, user end of things. And a um, lot of drama. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. A lot of drama. Vice likes drama, though. Vice likes drama. <laughs> but it is pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I I was gonna say I don't have like a ton to really speak on it, but you know it, it's definitely worth a read. You know, even if it's just for entertainment purposes. Yeah. All right, going and, back forward. Yeah, speaking of drama, <laughs> still transitioning from drama to drama, but still in the switch scene. Well played. Um. So yeah, basically there was um. So I mean, we I don't know if we mentioned it on the show. <laughs> But basically, there was a, I guess, what would you call it? like a storage management, the ability, like a tool to like install, uh, was it NSP files? Yeah, uh, yeah, tinfoil. Yeah, so tinfoil, uh, we and might not have talked it. about it, but it, you know, it was well known, it was it, it was not like a really niche thing, it didn't come on late to the scene, um, and someone kind of just stole the name. Yeah. Kind of, I, mean, I don't know, I, don't, I haven't really like found a lot of background on this or like what the intentions were and like why and just i that yeah. that's what i want to why well and tinfoil is not exactly like incredibly explicit on what it does you know we're not talking I about guess. like sx game installer and someone mm -hmm. else was like well I, I or or like nx game installer and someone was like well i want nx game installer like no this was like tinfoil it's it, it's, it seems too deliberate it's it's this thing tinfoil that was it's an application called tinfoil that was created and then someone else made an application called dz that was competing let's say to tinfoil mm -hmm. and then they renamed dz to tinfoil and there was this fight going on and then tinfoil the original tinfoil is now renamed to goldleaf i just think this is incredibly stupid right i'm sorry i just think i can't i can't mask it that's why i, I said i can't take this seriously right so it, I mean I don't know it's it's like, pretty does, rough. Does, does anybody in the comments have any like any more insight on this? And this wasn't even like anything. This wasn't even like two competing things that forked. Like this no. is a totally separate thing and is is uh some malicious takeover shit or something. I don't know. I thought I had read that the other maybe it still is. I thought I had read that the um yeah so uh what the new tinfoil what was what was it DZ. Um, yeah. I believe it's entirely closed source. So yeah. we're talking about an open source tinfoil and then a closed source alternative you know, renamed to that. And now it's competing with, I mean, it's just like, geez, stupid. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of rough. Um, so this is really more of a PSA than anything. Um, 
if you're going to go try and download tinfoil, which even in the you know SD setup website, it's still called tinfoil. Yeah. So you can see where the confusion still is coming through. Thank goodness that um, that uh, GitHub can see name to the appropriate version. So mm-hmm. the old URL now redirects to the new one. That's true. So that's nice. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's really confusing. So if you want to get tinfoil, go for gold leaf. Um, God damn it. X41 here is saying, no, they renamed it to tinfoil with the trademark. Uh, right. God damn it. I mean, that's true. I'm not saying that's bad. That's that's true, but it's just it's it, so stupid. This Reddit thread does actually explicitly Jesus have the, Christ. the trademark. <laughs> it's a really trademarked, though. No one says tinfoil trademark unless it's us talking yeah. about this on the podcast because we need to mention that here. Right. The tinfoil <laughs> that everyone is thinking of and the tinfoil you want to install is gold leaf. Mm-hmm. That is hilarious. So this thread, I hadn't actually read this, but you know, in the original Reddit thread, uh, there was a comment saying this is bound to be really confusing for users. And after a struggle with uh, the DZ developer, it was uh, re- Tinfoil was renamed to Goldleaf. And that thread actually doesn't exist on GBA Temp anymore. Oh, I read it a little bit, and I guess like they were trying to say that. I guess, God damn it, talking <laughs> talking about this in so much detail. They. The original author of the original tinfoil stopped working on it and gave it to the current maintainer. And I guess he had authorized the person who made DZ to name that tinfoil trademark. So he granted him the name. And I guess that's how this all came about. But this was definitely done maliciously. Yeah. It's stupid, man. Yeah. Well, like we said, a little bit of drama. Maybe if you go read that article, things will make some sense. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) But it just, you know, this... Does it? I'm trying to think. You know, this only hurts a lot of people. It does. Right. It's stupid. You know, people who use tinfoil thinking it was the old tinfoil are now getting a piece of closed source software when there is open source alternatives. And when we're talking about installing things onto your Switch's internal uh, firmware, uh, you know, that's, I don't know, that's something that I think should be more open source if possible. So you know what's going on, um, especially with the fact that these things could be like stealing your your title keys or certs or stuff like that yeah uh you know that's that's a valid concern yeah there's many of these applications that are repackaged and even in that in that motherboard article it's linked but there's there's many of these applications that are maliciously repackaged where it's essentially the same thing but with something that will dump certs and upload them to mysterious mysterious server x Mm mm-hmm so uh, I would definitely recommend Goldleaf, uh, you know, open source software. I'm a huge, big proponent of it. And this is a scenario where not only is it just kind of one of those, like, like sometimes you do with open source software and it's like, oh, yeah, it's probably good. You know, it's probably more secure. This is one of those things that actually could make uh, quite a bit of difference. For sure. Uh, For sure. Drama. Drama. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Well, well, good handful of switch stuff. Mm-hmm. Good handful of drama. I think we've tried to do our best to kind of keep that stuff at bay. Yeah, a little bit, you know. Yeah, and there, there's even some other stuff we can talk about, but I'm gonna exclude it in this. Right. Episode, I definitely don't just, want. God damn. I don't want mod chat to be, you know, a, a giant drama rumor chat. mill. No. But you no. know that that PSA is definitely very important. Um, so hopefully we see less of this. Hopefully the good actors continue to float to the top and you know prove themselves time and time again. Use gold leaf. But yes, if you if you if you get anything from this podcast, use gold leaf. Yeah. Oh man. So your favorite console classic. Yes. 
is in the news. It is. Yeah, I guess this is the, it's not the last topic, but the last headlining topic we're going to be talking about here at least. The PlayStation Classic uses an open source emulator. For anyone that doesn't know, Sony is at, you know, shout out to Sony on this one. Because they are the ones who actually put out the precedents saying that emulators are legal as long as they aren't as long as they aren't bundled with any bios which would be proprietary codes as long as it's not using proprietary code of any kind as long as it's been fully reverse engineered and it's not using any type of the copyrighted code on there and it's not distributed with any type of copyrighted games emulation is legal emulators are legal so shout out to sony for that one don't shout out sony for them taking down bleem taking down uh, i think kinetics vgs uh, back in the early 2000s or so. And what I'm talking about is it's been such a such a paradigm shift, but at the turn of the millennium, there were emulators that were being commercially sold. Sony went after them, and in the end, uh, it was proven in a court of law, mainly with Bleem, that because Bleem was a was an emulator that was reverse engineered to be created it didn't use any type of sony code it was legal but they were in court for so long that the company went out of business and i don't know if it was bleem but i think it was kinetics where sony kind of did the same thing and they bought up kinetics and they shut it down so now this is where the irony comes in where you would think okay sony they've done playstation 1 emulation where on the ps2 it just had hardware backwards compatibility on the PS3, they wrote an emulator. On the PSP, they wrote an emulator. Um, you would on, on mobile, <laughs> they've written emulators. Now you would think that they would write an emulator for the PlayStation Classic. No, they use PCSX Rearmed on there, right. which is a free open source emulator mm-hmm. out there. Right, made by the Loop Retro team, right? Yes. So you know, it's tied into all the Retro Arch kind of whole family of things. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, first of all, good on Sony for starting out saying, you know, that the, in in the packaging, I guess it was, right? I think it, it is, was actually it is, in the physical packaging. It is legally stated in there, mm-hmm. yes, that, yeah, that now, it's using PCSX rearmed. Right. So good on them for, you know, just being upfront, admitting that and not being something where it was uh, just discovered because someone was picking apart the system. Um, because as, as we have talked about, you know, whole GPL-oriented things can be really complicated because, you know... Things can become illegal, but unless someone tries to fight it and enforce it and sue for it, it's probably not going to go anywhere. Right. Um, so I, I'm glad they did that. Now, that being said, um, I hadn't seen up until then, and I did a quick Google search just to see if anything had popped up, but I cannot find the builds, the code for this online anywhere. Uh, just really? listing listing the, uh, yeah, I, I, maybe I'm missing something, but I cannot I find. I swear I found a get for it when I had looked this up. I can't find anything. Maybe it's out there. If someone in the chat has it, if someone wants to hit us up on Twitter, uh, that, that would be fantastic. But I can't find anything. It's all just the legal... Uh, Found it right here. Yeah, Notaz was the creator, PCSX underscore. No. No. What are you looking for? Because just They have to release all everything. I, I, I could be very hard-pressed to find... Are you the, talking about Sony has yes. to release it? Oh, not okay, the base, okay, my bad, my Not bad. the base thing, but You're like, in the future, I'm in the past. Yeah, okay. no, they, they they have used this if there is... I, they might even have to prove the distribution of this regardless. I'm mm-hmm. not, I, I have to go look back at GPL 
But yeah, guaranteed if they modified anything, one line of code, almost guaranteed at least one line of code was required to get something working or something on there or some kind of configuration, right? Um, they are legally supposed to be releasing that. I don't, I, th I think there are some, depending on, I guess, which GPL is published, you know, there are some, there's a little bit of leeway in certain things in terms of like uh, how quickly after being notified mm -hmm. they have to like turn that around, right? So it all depends on which version of the GPL and whatnot. Right, right. But yeah, uh, legally they are supposed to do this to release the code for it, just as Android manufacturers who release a phone are legally supposed to release the code for the kernel for that. Right. So uh, they, they've done step one that I found. Right, and that's actually just admitting that they did that. And I, and I have to say too, one thing that we have to remember is this is not out yet. We know this because people have previewed it and everything. True. But this is not yes. going to come out until December four. Right. So it is still not out to the public yet. Right. But I do hope that they do that, um, just because I don't know. It, it would almost make me feel better if they like denied it altogether or didn't even do it, rather than having this one foot in, one foot out. Right. Like if you're going to abide by the GPL, let people know that you're using open source software, release the code. Mm -hmm. That's the point of the GPL. And Sony, and I told Devin about this privately, but Sony is a little bit slow with that as well too. I know you said in the Android community, they had normally dropped their stuff like for, for their Android phones. Right. Um, I just know this mainly from the modding scene. Whenever WebKit is updated on Sony consoles, Sony does take their sweet time to put out the WebKit changes and you know release all of that code that they legally have to. They do it, but it, it takes a while for them to do it. Well, and it stinks because especially I think it's GPL uh, version three, uh, or maybe it's the LGPL. I can't remember, but there is something about like basically companies can play this game of like not doing it, and then someone like legally notifies them that they need to do it and they're like okay well we've got a little turnaround time yep. and it's like they're i, I don't know it, that's really rough for me you know I, I i don't know if it's management or whatever but if what's what's the point if you're gonna have to do it anyway Just what do are you it. doing yeah. what are you doing maybe maybe there's certain proprietary things or configurations that you want to like uh, that, that maybe you hard-coded in a certain spot where you planned on moving it out or something you know into a more proprietary library or something like that right because um, there are like there are certain ways to get like around some of this, right? If you like write your own code independently, maybe you use the library. I don't know if that's subject to GPL, so I don't know. It's I really hope they do well because it's very frustrating for the open source community to like have to like threaten suit for this kind of thing and literally often, like beg for it, like right. hey, you need to put this out. Not because like we want it or like you know what I mean. There's you know think back to like when we're like have people begging for like ETAs. It's like the developer ETA doesn't win. Developer does not owe you anything technically. Mm -hmm. At this, this point, they, they, they do, do. Owe us. Yeah. So hopefully Sony can be good guy Sony and release this, mm -hmm. and I think that'd be awesome. And I think that actually because we had actually seen. Uh, you know, it, it didn't seem like the Lib Retro developer was super happy about. Oh this no, either. not at all, not at all. And Lib Retro, they they've been known to be unhappy with kind of the commercialization, so to speak, of this. I think we had seen it with the CD <clears throat> S E E D I um, right. yep. disc-based system, for example, where there was kind of a, a back and forth going on where they couldn't, um, like, CD came out and they asked Lib Retro, hey. We'd like to sell this. Do you mind? And Libretro said, yes, we mind. So then CD stopped, and they came out later and said, you know what, actually, because of the licensing here and because of the way you did it, we're actually going to put this out anyways. 
and Libretro was pretty upset about it. Now, on Twitter, I had seen where they were saying, hey, we didn't slave away on this for hours just to have this company rip it from us and use it and monetize it, like use it for their hardware that they're paying for. Um, I actually wanted to get your thoughts on this, and if anybody wants to chime in in the comment section, feel free to. But I think it's I think it's good that if, if Sony's going to abide by the licensing, awesome. I think it is also flattering as well too. Like you could create right. a core or an emulator so great. Like you you emulated a system on ARM architecture so well that the company who has the system that you reverse engineer to create this emulator is going to use your emulator. I think that's awesome as well too. Um, I would just say with, with LibRetro, it's kind of, dude, if you didn't want this to happen, if you didn't want Sony to use this, you should have licensed it as such where it could have been something that you put out open source, but for free non-commercial use. Right. Well, and, and that's what I was going to accordingly. And, right. And that, that, that's my take on and it. And I believe PCSX Rearmed is licensed properly for that kind of distribution. For, for commercial usage yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. Where, yeah, like, whereas the other ones weren't, they very explicitly had, like... And that's their problem. Right. So, yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I get the I get the angle of Lib Retro and, you know, being like, hey, we've slaved away of this, and Sony just nabs it up for profits. Yeah. I, I get that to an extent. But this is, like, a symptom of us not being in, like, a full open source culture, right? Mm-hmm. If we did this more often, if this was more of the norm... Everyone would benefit. Yeah. And Almost everyone. Yes, there would be profits made. Maybe, you know, it'd be awesome if they donate some of the money to LibRetro. And I think that would be great. I think that, I think if Sony did make a donation on that, they wouldn't be angry about it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's room for improvement, but I think that this isn't a bad thing. I think this could no, be a good not. thing. And if we all, you know, more people working on the same code that's open source and if people abide by things and release the code that only perpetuates right mm-hmm. i'm sure sony engineers could easily come up and be like wow this is a really good base but because we're sony engineers we actually know some seriously good ways to optimize this and improve it and then if they abide by the licensing which they need to they're going to release their source of right. it which as because as you said if they modified anything they have to release it mm-hmm. so at that point you have worked to you have you have worked and reversed the I guess they did fork it, but mind you, I, I'm just still saying this here. They reversed the PlayStation to create this emulator for the Sony PlayStation. Sony, the company who created the piece of hardware and software that you reverse to emulate, then takes your emulator. They they're peer reviewing it at this point and they're editing it to make it better. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the best solutions that can be out there where right. it's like oh at this point we now have code changes from sony now, they came out and said hey this is pretty good we made it better here you go now i i don't know you know it's it's hard to tell especially with the current landscape of the other classic consoles coming out and being popular enough mm-hmm. but it's like you never know when getting access to a pre-built emulator that already runs really well what if that's the tipping point to management Hey, management, we want to go do this. We have to rewrite right. an emulator. Uh, I don't know. This isn't going to make it. You know, Nintendo's already got the classic console yeah. things down. Oh, well, there's already this 
really good emulator that we can grab, t- tweak and, slightly, optimize, and we're... And this would save us so many man hours right. and so much money. So this so, would bring down our cost dramatically. Don't quote me on it. I'm not saying that I have any sources of any kind, but this is a situation where whether it's not now, but like in the future, that could be the determining factor of a product actually gets released. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is a good thing. I know Dentron, Dentron said right here, Square Pusher Retro Arch Dev has a quick temper when it comes to online interactions, especially when it comes to getting money for RetroArch. I have definitely seen that. So I think they should be happy that Sony is doing this with the way they, li- again, with the way they license PCSX Rearmed. That Sony is in the clear with this. This is what it was designed for. Now they do have other, there's been, for example, the Retron 5 where they have been in violation because mm-hmm. they have sold their product with cores that are not licensed for commercial usage. Mm-hmm. Now, will anything come out of that? I have no idea. I think it's still being sold right now. But still, that's an instance where you can rightfully complain. But at this point, it's kind of you're yelling at someone and getting angry because they're following the rules that you put in place. Yep. You tell your child not to do something, and they don't do it, and then you yell at them because they didn't do that thing, even though you told them not to do it. Well, I, I guess it's <laughs> it's more like, yeah, you could, yeah, you could, you could have some candy if you wanted. It's there. Sure, I'll take some. Mm, I mean, it's not good for your teeth. Why would you do but that? You, but you told me mm. that I could have the candy. Or it's even more like it's almost more like putting a bowl of candy in the living room and not even telling your kid, and it says free candy. Mm-hmm. Right, they didn't go talk to Sony directly, right? Right. They didn't tell Sony, "Hey, by the way, buds, you could use this if you want. It's just like a bowl of free candy." And then you go to take it, and it's like, "Why would you do that?" Because it's a bowl of free candy in a van. In a van. <laughs> and this is where the ketogenic diet fails. Oh man, every time. <laughs> every, every time. time. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, you know, I, I I've got to say I'm on the side of Sony on this one. If they pull through and do their due diligence, if like they pull I said. Through. Can't be one foot in, one foot out. I'm not cool with that. And again, the redeeming factor they have so far is this is not out yet. It's not coming out until December. So we'll see. Maybe in December or January they'll release the code. But let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Well, I think we beat that dead. So let's move on. Yeah. Now, like you said, we don't. These aren't like big headlines, but they are pretty interesting. Yeah. Speaking of Libretro, yeah, and I and I actually I don't I don't know who did it, but somebody ended up putting this out on uh, my Discord server. Mm. Which shout if you're not in the Discord, please join down below. Link is down below in the description. Shouts uh, out. Yes, but they said, hey, you should get some more traction. Like, put this out there, get some traction on it, because if we can get some more eyes on it, get some more awareness, that would be awesome. Right. But you want to take this in? Yeah, sure. There's not a whole lot to this. Um, y- Spreading the word. Um, doesn't look, it looks like it's still open, but Libretro mm-hmm. has held a bounty on Bounty Source. And if you don't know what that is, basically, I, I believe it's oriented around uh, open source projects, or at least predominantly. Sure. Basically, it's like, hey, look, here's our open source project. Here's the code. Uh, here's what we need, and we will offer money. And I think other people can like even put in money. Like basically, yeah. like I can be like, yeah, I will throw in five dollars, and so whoever. And that's actually happened right here, as you can see. Post a ten dollar bounty, mm-hmm. five dollar bounty, twenty five dollar bounty, and right now, the bounty is two thousand dollars to two thousand sixty five dollars. Right over two grand. So if someone solves this, you know, submits a pull request or whatever, it gets merged into mainline code. Um, they're gonna get two grand. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I'll 
I'll take the two grand. Two grand. But I'm not a low level, <laughs> low level developer. Now, like what this. exactly is this bounty here for anybody who's not watching but they're listening? Right. We've talked about the bounty, the bounty, the bounty, but we haven't said what the bounty is. So this is basically for an ARM sixty four uh, dynamic recompiler. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've never messed with dynamic recompilers myself, but I get the idea. Essentially, it literally allows for. Uh, just-in-time compilation while you're using the application and it can benefit in ways where basically like depending on different compiler flags and different things um, sometimes depending on what you're doing uh, especially with libretro emulating so many different consoles different being able to compile on the fly and being able to optimize for certain things can benefit greatly and I believe they have this for other platforms just not arm 64 yeah and so this would not only benefit the switch um which is an arm 64 uh device but we're also talking about here android phones ios devices even though you know if you can get the emulator on there uh switch like i said retro archers on there yeah you might have to sideload you might have to like jailbreak it whatnot which you know i don't think you can officially load it Mm -hmm. just as easy as android so well, I, I guess yeah. I, I guess it wouldn't be. Yeah, it's not on like the Google Play Store. I guess, but right. Yeah, you could download the you could download the APK easily enough. Right. Install it. I'm just I'm just I'm just thinking about my sad Apple life now. Can't sideload things on Apple, dude. Can't sideload. Nope. <laughs> oh yeah, you changed that. Yep. Uh, but yeah, and some other uh, some other locker boards here. So I mean, just uh, you know, basically Raspberry Pi clones and the kind of like smaller. You know, mini and PCs. Raspberry Pis, right? Uh, so yeah, I mean, this would be really cool. This is, you know, could help out with emulation quite a bit, which is already doing well. Um, so, if anyone has experience for this kind of thing, wants to look into it, or if you want to even just donate money to the cause, you know, check out this site and and go for it. Yep. Um, I mean, this is something that I'd consider even putting money into because I, you know, if five dollars for me or ten dollars for me or whatever. It piles um, up. Yeah, it really does. And obviously, $2,000 added up. Because when we go back and look here, um, we see a lot of $5 bounties, $10 bounties. There's a $50 bounty here, so that's pretty good. But, you know, we're not talking about people donating hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Uh, it's a lot of a few dollar bounties here. Mm-hmm. And I may even see some reoccurring people here. So maybe as time goes on, it's like, hey, it's People another, are wanting it. It's like, it's, hey, it's I a, really want this dynamic recompiler. Yep, it's another month down the line. I'll throw them another five bones, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, people pay a lot of money for these subscriptions these days. So this is almost like could be considered one of those other things. Yeah. So uh, definitely check it out. Uh, there's not a whole lot to see, but if you're willing to throw out some money or have some experience with this kind of thing, go check it out. Some good shit. Truly. Let's see. Maju Nation donated two euros, yeah. which is much appreciated. You said that your microphones are super quiet and we can't hear you. Yeah, um, and, and I want to say, I, I guess, first of all, thank you for the do- donation, but I, yeah, I'm actually absolutely. kind of going to respectfully disagree. Yeah, and people are coming in, X41 said their mics are fine. Nick said that is your problem. Uh, I'm just going to respectfully say that we've been streaming for over 100 minutes now at this point, and I haven't touched the levels, and everything seems to be fine. Actually, we're getting overwhelming things, so you might want to check your, your sound setup, dude. Yep, because it looks like the, the the audience is kind of coming in, and thank you for that as well too. But kind of audience is coming in and saying, "Yeah, hey, levels are fine." Yep, and <laughs> um, definitely appreciate the donation. It's 
probably a good way to catch our attention, but by no means is that the only way to catch our attention. No, 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 no. no we no. are paying attention to the chat, um, yeah. so much appreciated, but, you know. Um, I, I've been shouting out the chat tonight and everything, but it's one of those things sometimes <clears throat> we won't we won't mention the chat for 10, 20 minutes at a time, mm-hmm. and people will get upset, and you kind of have to have this. The problem is with the podcast and it's it a balance. live stream. Yeah, it has to be a balance because I have to make sure, you know, the audience here is going to be you know engaged in everything i'm engaged with them they're engaged with me um for the two hours here but then we also have to make sure the conversation you and i are having is still going and on top of that i also have to make sure that this looks and sounds nice and it's enjoyable to listen to and watch for the many many people that are going to be watching this when it's not live streaming Mm -hmm. who are the majority of our listeners and viewers Mm -hmm. and thank you all for that as well too absolutely so you kind of have to balance it for three camps for the conversation, the live stream, like the, the live stream guests here, but also the video on demand guests. Shouts out to the viewers, man. Shouts out to the viewers. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it sounds like he figured it out. It looks like he reloaded his page and it yes. worked. So awesome. Glad you're here. That was a two euro thing. reload, man. Damn, that's an expensive reload. <laughs> I never appreciated a couple of euros more. And he donated 10 more. Thank you so much, dude. All right, so for well, now I'm behind. So when he so when he had a problem, he donated two euro. But now when the problem's fixed, ten euro. So, dude, I dude, we, yeah, re- thank we you. really appreciate it. But you did not have to donate twelve overall <laughs> just because of some sound issues. <laughs> hey, I mean you already had our attention, but yeah, definitely appreciate it. It's not going to go to waste. It's going straight into a new table. Into that's the next thing we're getting, man. Yep. New so, table. We need to go shopping at one point. Yeah, we've already talked about this. Yes. So it's going to happen. I don't know. Maybe there'll be some Instagram posts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make a video about it and shit. Yeah. We do have one more post here. One more uh, topic that we want to talk about. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Let's and, do it. Yeah. And Devin, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, sorry if I'm kicking this over to you, but it seems like you might have more fondness of it and you might know more about this than I did. Yeah. I kind of looked at it because I really didn't use the service all that much. No, and I, I, I did have a few. Uh, so basically backing up before I get too, too hyped here. Okay, um, you're getting hyped. All right, all right. Uh, I mean, you know, there's – okay, I'll just get into it. I don't want to build it up or tear it down too much. But it's really cool. Basically, this is uh, an alternative uh, DNS that you can set your uh, – what looks to be at least a Nintendo DS, but also like kind of looking at the website linked to all this. Um, sure. Also looks to be like Wii and uh, maybe some other things in the future. I don't know. But basically this is kind of like uh, Wii and DS. Yeah. Reverse. I'm not sure what the WW there is. Uh, WiiWare? Maybe that's. Yeah, that's got to be what it is. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but it basically intercepts the whole uh, WFC service. That's what, what was it called? Um Wireless field communication, I uh, guess? Yeah, or something like that. We field communicate. I don't uh, know. I can't remember exactly Damn. what it is. I can look <laughs> it up. Nintendo's online Wi-Fi, infrastructure. Nintendo Wi-Fi connection service okay. is what it, what it was. In WC. Wi-Fi connection. Okay. Uh, WFC. Okay. Um, so, and this was allowed, basically what allowed you to, you know, get on your Wi-Fi network and actually play games online. Sure. So if it was, you know, Mario Kart online or whatever. Um, and essentially, uh, yeah, it, it uh this is just a DNS that you can type type into your console, reroute, and actually be able to uh, use these games on their servers. Okay. Um, a lot of different games are there, and um, 
I don't think it'd be that hard to do for the the Wii. And yeah, I mean, I think this is just pretty cool. This kind of comes back to the whole like preserving these old online internet-based games, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So we kind of went full circle here. Um, You know, I don't know if there's a whole lot of technical stuff to talk about, but it's really cool. And I love to see this stuff continue on. Kind of reminds me of a little bit of like Excellent Kai. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, So I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen this before, but it's really cool. We get to keep those... Uh, games playing for a little while longer and hopefully there's enough people on there that you can actually get in some matches for sure for sure and, and i'm seeing this here because so uh, yeah you have to patch these to use the new domains and such, so you do have to patch the game and this has been brought to you by 3ds hacks right mm-hmm. like this where you found it mm-hmm. so yeah due to an exploit and how ds games connect to servers it's now possible to play online again in many games including all gen 4 and gen 5 games so Which is a huge deal to some people okay so what i want to mm-hmm. know is because this service has been up since 2014 but is it just that they've had more of a breakthrough with the DS recently, or...? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm honestly not sure. Okay. Uh, maybe So maybe this has been running on the Wii for a while, and maybe that's what it was, because I had not heard of this until now. Sure. But uh, it's at least available on the DS, and Pokemon is a huge deal competitively, you know what I mean? So I'm sure uh, if some people can go online and uh, play their uh, Pokemon games and be able to trade and whatnot over Absolutely. actual internet connection and not locally, then people are really going to be pretty fond of that yeah before we miss out holy fuck did, did you see this my boy <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> imagination i hope i am pronouncing your name right there but thank imagination. you imagination thank you so, so much. much i think that's our biggest donation we've ever gotten uh i don't even think we need to do conversions because that's I, 50 euros so that's like 150 us dollars no it's not it's not well, with all this stuff, you know, Brexit, I don't know. People I know, people, people I know, say I things, but and it's, I, it's more I than $50, know. all right? Yeah, Thank no. you so much for this that. Damn. Incredible. Uh, you guys being in the chat are what make it happen. You don't need to catch our attention, but you definitely get it. <laughs> yeah, people are saying here, table time. That table, should, I mean, with all the donations we've gotten from this episode, the last few episodes, yeah, that table is paid for at this point. Yeah. It's really down to, like, us getting a time set to go do it. Yes. Yeah. You need to be my shopping day. Yeah, because the, the the thing is, because I, I even thought, like, I guess my girlfriend can come too, but it's like, I've thought of, I want to bring you with me because I think you would not only have, both of you would have an eye for the actual furniture, but we need to actually, like, sit there and be like, okay, can we comfortably podcast here? We're bringing the podcast set up. We'll oh, just we get, should. Like, a backpack Just ready. podcast, like, right in Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got an outlet? <laughs> I don't know. I bet we could find a battery pack, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, a big AC compatible battery pack. Yeah, yeah. Ne- next episode, we'll just be streaming ourselves eating Swedish meatballs. Yeah. But yeah, no, um, we don't know how much the new table is. I mean, shoot, if this is going to be in your little living space. So, I mean, donations like this come in, I don't, we definitely aren't going to probably cheap out too much. I mean, geez, I want you to have some decent furniture. Yeah, no, I'm willing to drop like a few hundred bucks on a good table, like a table with chairs and everything. So, yeah, it's just, again, we just need to shop for it. (laughs) Right. So we'll we'll make it happen soon enough. Um, It'd be good, like you know early 2019 goal if, if anything you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh yeah i because uh, i just realistically i don't i don't think it's going to happen next month but 2019 not. absolutely yeah. needs to happen that that's the last thing i want to update on here yeah last thing what are you fucking serious 100 <laughs> please stop man but thank you. So now i feel bad <laughs> so you're gonna give me anxiety dude <laughs> 
My goodness, that is incredible. Jesus Christ, thank you so much for that. I Damn. almost want to say, like, no more donations no from more. anyone. Because <laughs> you've done no more, more than enough. More than enough. More than Stolen enough. mom's credit card for sure. Well, let's hope not. Let's but hope not. Even if you if you did all that and went through all that effort and risk, you know, it's still appreciated. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Save your mom. <laughs> Man. Jason says drop 1,000. No. I don't think I can. No, no, no. I'd feel bad for that. I, no. might, I might pass out. <laughs> I'm getting lightheaded. But yeah, everyone in the chat, this was a good chat. It was. Round. It was, and, and I, I want to ask as well too uh, on here. How has the stream been for everyone? I, yes. I know Modulation. He he was having he or she. You you were having sound issues, which you reloaded. But again, so now I feel more comfortable talking about the setup here. Um, I've switched over to OBS, so that's mm-hmm. why everything has seemed, as you can see, much more fluid. All that um, good open source goodness. Yeah. No, because the issue every time prior when we were running into issues. It, it was always in regards to Hangouts, and it wasn't the low quality of Hangouts. It's just, for example, last episode, a lot of people kept complaining, and they were saying, your microphones sound horrible, your microphones are messing up. There was nothing I could do about it. Right. And MVG, he was listening to us live and said, we sound fine. The audio recording I did offline, it sounded just fine. That was an issue with Hangouts, and we had no control over that. So at this point now, it's just between me, OBS, and sending the feed to Google. There's there's not that that Hangouts interception right there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're, you know, credit to you entirely. You have done all the effort. Well, thank you. Give me the updates. This is what happens when I get pissed, okay? I want to yeah. update things. Yeah, dude, no, it, it's awesome. And I, I appreciate it myself because I know that it's going to be a good quality product. And, you know, it, it, you know, I don't know. This dude donated again. Unbelievable. Thank you, but stop, man. Yeah, dude. This is nuts. <laughs> oh, my God. We will hopefully, we will put it to good use one that way or another. That table's paid for many times over. We yeah. get a really nice table now. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't speak too much, but I almost want to commit to that, to like a, the Jan, the January mod chat. Yeah, no, I'd be down for that. If we could, you know, we've been, we've been talking about this for a little bit. We have been. Just kick our butt into gear. Yeah. Get this and celebrate and modulation, you better be there in January. Yes. Let's do this shit. By January, we need to have a better table. So. With more space. Yes. More space. Yeah. Less awkward angles. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that's no, kind of- honestly, what I could do to fix this, I'm telling you all, what I could do, if we get a bigger table, I can then kind of close up my tripod I have the camera on and just move it on top of my counter space in my kitchen. And you'd be able to see more. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be this awkward angle type thing that's going yeah. on. And I know you, I think you've experimented with like some props a couple times, but you know, if we wanted to put some stuff out that looked cool, yeah. just to, you know, change it up a little. I don't have the space here. I we really don't. don't have the space. We don't. Yeah. And I think it'd be awesome just to you know, change things up and give it a little bit more life and a new table with money that you guys have so graciously sent us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to make it happen. Um, because even like we've talked about this, you don't even like eat at your dining room table. I don't have a dining room table. No, dude. So this is like almost purely for ninety-five percent <laughs> of the dining room u- table usage is mod chat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or maybe to pile stuff on if you. Yeah, I do that as well too. <laughs> but that's not really usage. It's just like puh, pile. Yeah. yeah. So thank you guys. Th- th- thank you, mod or imagination, imagination. Yeah. Imagination. Thank you guys all in the chat. Um, I think this is a perfect segue into question and answers 
Absolutely. So for anybody who has not joined us before, uh, what we like to do at the end of the last 20 or 30 minutes of the stream is we just like to do user question answer. So if you all have any questions that you'd like to ask us, please drop them down below in the chat. Uh, and we will do our best to answer, you know, a good amount of them. We don't normally answer all of them. Sometimes people will spam a bunch of questions. Sometimes we get like two questions. It all depends. Um, and if you are watching or listening to this after the fact that it was live streamed, hopefully you can come out to a show sometime uh, on the YouTube channel, Mr. Mario 2011, and check it, check this out and ask us some questions. One thing I want to mention as well, too, in regards to podcasts, because uh, I forgot to mention this last episode, we're on Spotify now. Yes. We are on Spotify. So. Which is a slightly different process than getting on some of the other podcasting clients, right? Slightly, but I, I upload, I, I first set up everything and upload through Podbean. So really they were able, because initially Spotify was only for like big podcasts and monetized podcasts and everything. But now at this point, it's really just, okay, go on to Podbean, make sure everything is set up, link to Spotify and then apply for Spotify. And within a day, I had both my podcast, Matcha and Mario's Minute on there. So awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't personally use Spotify for any of my podcasts. I don't think you have either, but um, you know, it's such a popular platform that there's no. I don't. Use, I don't use Spotify personally. Pocketcasts. So. Yes, I got use that Pocket update. Get that update. Oh, no, wait, it's in beta on Android. Uh, they rolled it out wide to iOS. Okay. It's real nice. Okay, good to know. So, and they're syncing more stuff. So like your up next queue is now syncing to the web client. Nice. So some good stuff. Yes. Uh, definitely check us out on Spotify, but if you haven't checked out Pocket Cast, that's real solid. It's a really good app. It's a good app. It's a very nice app. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, geez. The, the, starting out with a serious one? Let's get serious on this. Yeah. Epic Martin 7. I guess I'll start. Thoughts on Stan Lee's passing? Yeah, go ahead. So... Stanley, you know, obviously well-known guy. He was not something, and Marvel in general wasn't something that I always ever followed religiously. But one thing that was pretty evident, and there's always two sides to people. I've heard some weird things that have come out to um, just in the last couple days or whatever. Sure. Um, but Stanley definitely seemed to be like just a pretty good human being. Um, yeah, you know, I I recently saw a Twitter thing where a kid, and this was like quite a while ago, with this kid, like uh, his local shop didn't sell the, these annual issues, and he ended up sending like because they were like twenty five cents at the time, sending like three quarters into Marvel, and they basically were like, yeah, no, you can't do that. You can send in like a check after the thirtieth or something like that, and basically Stanley like took over and like sent him a letter, and he's like, screw that, it's not acceptable. You literally sent us money, and you want comics so here are the comics for free here's your money back you know it's, i've seen a bunch of stuff like that popping up obviously it was iconic and all his little cameos which were always really clever and enjoyable um so it, yeah it, it's a definite shame um i'm sure at this point he's put you know the right people in power um yeah. you know it's, it's a big marvel is a huge giant 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 organization and there's a lot of writers involved and you know he wasn't doing everything but it, it is you know i, I do feel like you know, we don't have something like the comic revolution going on right now. Something that massive and that impactful. Um, I don't know. It's 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 a shame. It is. And I hope that we have someone just as awesome that, you know, ends up showing up to maybe not carry the torch, but also, you know, I guess just be as inspiring and as, uh, you know, bring so much pleasant content to people. So, I mean, first of all, I, I will say, like, absolutely, you know, 
respect for him, rest in peace and everything. Um, I've never been the biggest Marvel fan either, but he's given... The dude was alive for 95 years. That is true. It's he a lived an extremely fulfilling and full life. He seemed to be, as you said, a genuine person right up until the end. Um, and I honestly think the best thing that we can do to honor his memory is to keep the universes that he has created and the characters that he's created alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always loved seeing, like whenever I would see a, a movie or something, I, I loved seeing his cameos. My favorite cameos of his were... Uh, Stanley as himself at the end of Big Hero 6. Uh, spoiler alert, but dude, Big Hero 6 has been out for several years. You need to watch it, all right? Oh, it's so good. It's amazing. It's a really, really good yeah, movie. Yeah, I love that. Um, it was actually one of the first movies that I actually started to like choke up at the end. And yeah. like up until then, it was just like, I, was, I remember like looking at my mom and be like, Mom, are you really like choking up at this movie? Like, it's just a movie. But that movie was Big Hero 6, and I was like... Mm-hmm. Yep. it feels yeah yeah if you've ever lost anyone really close to you big hero six is definitely kind of an emotional toll but uh no my uh, my probably my favorite cameo of his of, of all time was him as the strip club dj in deadpool like, mm-hmm. i saw that in the theater i was just dying laughing when i saw him there and honestly i i think that's how his legacy should live on not just as the strip club dj but <laughs> as someone who you you think of him, you think of him and you're not in tears you're not crying you, you think of him and you smile yeah, you yeah. smile and you enjoy his memory. And that and was the thing. And, and you, you know, and his media is going to live on forever. And his little like cameos were so classy. You know what I mean? They weren't. You know, it, it was. It did always like bring a smile to my face. You see him, and it's it's almost like the Easter egg in the movie that wasn't ever too hard to find, right? Mm-hmm. But like when you see it, it's like ah, there it is. I was waiting for it. Now the one thing this wasn't part of the question, but. How many more Marvel movies do you think he's going to be a cameo in? And this that is kind I, of a trick question. That I don't know. Maybe like five more if they filmed already. I'm hoping every one of them. I'm hoping we should have CGI mm-hmm. down at this point. Oh, that'd be kind of spooky. Right. If it's CGI. But and yeah. you know that they're probably already ahead on filming for a lot of these. There's a good chance that he does have like three, four, oh, yeah. five that he's already got his cameo film for. Especially if he knew that he was in, you know, ill health. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know why he died. But if he knew at all that he was in ill health, then I would imagine he probably went out of his way to film mm-hmm. a few. But so I, I want to know, like, will we know that cutoff point? Because I strongly believe he'll be in like every yeah. Marvel movie, if possible, just as CGI, if it need be. Mm-hmm. Will we be able to tell that transition? Yeah, I will say one thing too, which I had kind of like gently said this on the Discord, but you know, again, he was he was ninety five, and there's a lot of stuff you can't do at that old age. Yeah. From what I understood, he could barely hear. Um, so he really wasn't going out to conventions because I mean, even traveling, dealing with people and all that, it was very taxing for him. Um, he was in a fragile state and his eyesight was very poor as well too. I mean, I'd heard like his eyesight was so bad. He couldn't read comics anymore. The things that he really popularized and everything, he couldn't read those. So as respectful as I can be, I think it's. I think it's good that he went at the time that he did. Yep. He didn't have to suffer any further. But living ninety to, to ninety five, he lived such a full life. Well, and this might be like super cliche and cheesy, but I feel like a lot of people almost put him into his own category of like being a superhero, right? Mm-hmm. You know, people were just in disbelief that he died. Yeah. And it's almost like we got to the point where we're so used to having him that he's like invincible, was going to be in every Marvel movie. He was around time. for almost 100 years. It's a long time. Yeah. The people, the, the people, the friends and family that put us onto his, um, his universes, 
probably lived shorter lives. Like, I'm sure, like, many people, if their grandpa put them onto, you know, Spider-Man or something, their grandpa passed away before Stanley. Right. He's just always been there. Yeah. So rest in peace. Uh, you know. Rest in peace, dude. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's rough. I Again, really hope that, you know, Marvel continues on for at least a, a while longer in, in its true form. Because, you know, they're doing really well right now. So I'd hate to see that franchise start to go down, too. Absolutely. Like Star Wars. I haven't seen the most recent ones. But... I wasn't I wasn't a fan. <laughs> I'm sorry to anyone who really enjoyed it. But oh, man. I, I feel like I remember when I was a kid and the, the, the one through three came out and people were just, you know shitting on it every single movie and i remember thinking like my friends all loved them but we were also children that's what i'm talking about like it was mainly the old heads right Mm -hmm. and now i feel like the old head because i'm just like one through three was great wait what (laughs) (laughs) and so i'm sure a lot of people would you know disagree but yeah so Mm -hmm. um hopefully it stays strong for you know years to come Mm -hmm. for sure so there's one that was directed to here to you to me yes okay which one uh from red cross uh, do you plan on doing any more videos on the 360? And on side note, have you messed with the Mac Matrix Trident Trinand chip? Uh, to answer each question in its order, yes, no. Cool. <laughs> Hi. That was a quick one. Ooh, thoughts on the Halo live stream today? You didn't see this, did you? Nope. Dude, was it was busy. awesome. All right, first time I ever used Mixer, right? Which was okay. Kind of annoying to be honest, because I didn't want to see things going all over the screen but for anyone who didn't know on the official halo mixer what they did was they had a dev kit or a debug <clears throat> kit specifically like a original xbox debug kit they had the halo 2 e3 builds mm. and they end up playing them now mind you i'm getting really excited for this mind you all these people who worked on the game have told us for years like halo 2 that you saw e3 in 2003 that does not exist that was fake that was all scripted the build crashes every five seconds I didn't watch all the stream, I watched most of it, but they ended up going off script, they ended up exploring, the thing didn't crash a single time. Mm. It was so awesome to see. It was so awesome to see. And I think they've been misleading people for years because they just want people to stop bugging them about this build. They investigated a few other builds as well too. They didn't go into full depth on them, unfortunately, but they were so active with this as well too. And they were even, it was, I think it was Frankie and Sketch who were both hosting this. They were even just, they were in touch with the community. They were shouting people out on stream. At one point, even like Frankie is on his phone and they were just like, oh yeah, this is totally cool with Microsoft. And Frankie's like, oh yeah, I got a text that says uh, cease and desist. That's good, right? So they're just like joking about stuff like this, which is what I absolutely loved. Um, I think it's fantastic when developers can like pull back the curtain on things like that and show things such as that. I don't think that stuff's ever going to release, unfortunately. Um, but the same thing happened with uh, Saints Row, where Saints Row Undercover was a unreleased PSP game. And some guy found it in the depths of Volition. And they started talking about, hey, maybe we should do a live stream. And it was immediately, no, 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 we shouldn't do that. And they kept talking about it. And the more they talked about it, the more they said, well, you know what? Why don't we do this? And then they live streamed the game for a few hours. And by the end, they ended up releasing the game online for anybody to play. They're not going to do that with Halo 2, unfortunately. I know they're not going to do that. But even one thing that made me laugh was they were talking about all the dev kits and such. Because, again, this is on a original Xbox dev kit. And they were just like, yeah, no. So getting a hold of one of these, well, 
back when we switched over to the Xbox 360, these things, they're because they said, like, someone asked about archiving. That was it. They asked, is this stuff archived? They're like, yeah, yeah, the software's archived. The harder part is now um, the hardware, finding the hardware to play it on. Mm, because right. when we switched over to the Xbox 360 as our development stack, the original Xbox dev kits, they were stacked to the ceiling in this building. Um, but now it's getting harder and harder to find them. And even, like, I think Sketch said, he's like, oh, well, this person found one on eBay. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, they're just, they're just dropping this shit. It just made me, made me so happy. That's really cool. I mean, it's super real. Yeah, it was know. it was super real. It yeah. was awesome. And even then, they started questioning it. Like, when, when they were playing through the, the build and it wasn't crashing, they were like, wait a minute. Everyone's been telling us for the past 10 years that this game crashes. And even, I think it was Frank, who was like, no, I remember. I watched this guy play through it. And anytime he looked at something incorrectly, anytime he shot something incorrectly, it crashed. I don't know why it's not crashing right now. Jeez. They broke scripts. They broke continuity. But they didn't get a full crash. Right. Yeah. It's wild. It was so awesome to see. I recommend anybody watch it. It yeah, was so awesome go, to see. I'll go see. back. I'm sure it's going to be re-uploaded oh, somewhere. Man. But. Oh, man. All right. First comment. Excited. Biker Dave. Excelsior. Yes. Excelsior. Excelsior. We should have we, we said that. <laughs> I was thinking about it, and I forgot. Oh, man. It's a good catch. Then, Blue No. I'm going to guess it's Blue No. Uh, CP9. Yeah. What happened to your left hand, bro? That's a big bump, amigo. Yes, it is. That's you. Yep. So, uh, you can see here. Look at that sucker. Um, basically, this is a ganglion cyst, which sounds worse than it is. Um, I used to do some skateboarding, and I actually put it down for a number of years and picked it back up. And this is, it's been about four or five years now at this point. Um, and I was doing better than I had been, and I was working on a spine transfer, which is essentially... All right, go for it. Essentially, if you're not into skateboarding, a spine transfer is when you take two quarter pipes butt up against each other like this, and you ride up one, and you do some kind of a trick, whether it's an ollie, kickflip, or some kind of a stall. You go up the side and come back down the other side, which involves usually a lot of speed um, just to be able to get over it flu fluently and all that. Um, and, yeah, so I've done it a number of times really well, and eventually just uh, – what's up, Lily? Uh, I, I had clipped my back wheels and kind of went face first and caught my hand on the ground before my face hit. And, uh, yeah, a couple months later, this ganglion cyst started blowing up. But it's been there for years, and they say it's likely to go away eventually with time. Or you can get it surgically removed and get a scar. Or you can hit it with a Bible. I used to call them Bible blisters. So um, I'm kind of holding out for it just disappearing. But I've been tempted on a couple of occasions when there was a big book around to just slap it and call it good. So... Um, going through here, I'm going to try and nail out maybe one or two of these while Mr. Mario is in the bathroom. Jake O'Hare, uh, love your channel, need some experience. I recently purchased a PSP 3000 and I can access recovery menu, uh, recovery mode, but can't boot into an XMB. It looks like X41, good friend of the show, has already like made some comments here. Oh God, if you can so get actually good, I really had to pee. All right. Um, so if you can get into recovery mode, then uh, you surely can reinstall one of the firmwares. Um, this probably isn't the best place to give step-by-step -step advice, but I'm sure you can find a lot of help online. Um, do you have a website that you recommend to go to for PSP help these days? I mean. I think Wololo has a lot of good stuff, Wololo.net. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't I haven't used the actual recovery tools, like the, the recovery menu to recover a firmware on the PSP in like a decade, literally right. a decade. Right. So, um, you know, if you if you can get in the recovery mode, you're in good shape. I wouldn't worry about it too much. It's just a matter of the exact steps you need to go through. 
Yeah. Um, Aiden, big Manchester United fan. <laughs> Fortnite or Red Dead 2? I've never played Fortnite, so Red Dead 2. Uh, I'll give it to Fortnite because I just think that Red Dead 2, like we talked about earlier, is probably not my kind of game. I respect the crap out of Red Dead, and maybe I'd give the respect level to Red Dead 2, but in terms of actual playing, I played Fortnite. I'm not the biggest fan. I haven't played in probably two months. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a good game. I think that it probably got a lot of crap just because it was popular. But Yeah. It's yeah. a good game. I, I don't know if I told you about this, but my, my little brothers are really into Fortnite, and... I had seen my youngest brother like when when I went to visit several months ago. Um, it was just him sitting on Xbox Live talking with his friends playing Fortnite, and I can't hate on the game. I just smiled watching him play it because him playing Fortnite in 2018 with his friends on Live, it reminded me of me doing the same thing just with Call of Duty 4 or Halo 3. Yep. He's making the exact same memories just with different friends on a different game on a different system. Yep, I can't hate on. And it's super accessible, right? Like the fact that my oh, yeah. my brother, my nephew, everyone can play it. They're you know it's obviously available on pretty much every yeah every major console, every like uh, mobile devices, PC as well too. So. Android and iOS at this point. Yep. So yeah, I you know it, you can say what you will about the whole microtransactions and whatnot, but I think uh, in the case of Fortnite, I would take a free game with microtransactions off of. A paid one. If it's done properly. Well, I'm yes. saying in the case of Fortnite. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, Dentron had one here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to go ahead and take it? Sure. Because um, I, I have a few things to say about it. Yeah. Have you seen the videos about canceling pre-orders for the PlayStation Classic? People are divided on the games on it. Most of the people are recommending super obscure games. I have seen... This is... It's a little bit annoying. I, I can respect the people's opinions, but now it seems like it's kind of... It's a wave, and it's a cool thing to cancel the PlayStation Classic. Because I saw Metal Jesus Rocks did it, and then uh, his boy Radical Reggie did it. And I'm sure there's other people who are going to make videos of all like, this is why I canceled the PlayStation Classic. And I think it's just a wave, really. Now, yes, I, I will agree that the PlayStation Classic, the UI, it's a throwback, but it doesn't look all that pretty. But the original PlayStation UI wasn't the prettiest either. Kind of looks a little bit slopped together. I know it feels like it's rushed because I think um, Pat the NES Punk and Ian Ferguson. Hello, test. All right, it looks like it's going now. There we go. Oh, okay, that was really annoying. You know what? I'm gonna. I might just have to keep this on there. So sorry, everyone. It looks like we uh, had a wind blows malfunction. Exactly. Yeah, wind blows directly. Yeah, no, l literally to fix that, I had to disable the interface and re-enable it. <sighs> okay, that's annoying. So how's oh. your Windows working for you now? Shoot. My Hackintosh works better than this. <laughs> Jeebus. Yeah, no, and that's kind of a that's unfortunately a issue I've seen kind of with this interface and Windows on here. It didn't it didn't happen on my laptop, but on the desktop it's happened a few times. So, unfortunately, no OBS is working. This is a Windows issue here. This was not a perfect stream. Bummer. At least it's near the end. All right, at least it's near the end because you know right. what? It's been over two hours, and this is one of those things. If it happened within the first fifteen minutes, twenty minutes of the show, would have been killer. At this yeah. point, no, if not, someone not just killer. like at two hours fifteen minutes, the sound cut out. It's like yeah, but you were there for two hours fifteen minutes, so we're doing something good. We we use killer for different reasons. <laughs> killer. I would say killer is a good thing. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be killer if it cut out fifteen minutes. Stream destroy. It would be. It would be destruction. There we go. Yes. No. Uh, so yeah, sorry about that. Let's just summarize. I guess I don't know where we cut out, but uh, PlayStation Classic probably a lack of time, maybe a lack of wanting to pay the money for licensing, especially because Crash and Spyro have had like a resurgence, right? I don't know if yeah. there's some stuff around that. You know. It, it, things can get weird mm-hmm. but you know it's going to be a good uh shelf piece and that's honestly a big part of why i'm doing it yeah for the collector's value too yeah for sure so although collector's value i see i feel like i was going to initially get two but i'm just getting one no, no I'm, I'm just getting one because i have a feeling that this will drop in price yeah. so i think it'd be cool it'd be cool if this did the psvr type thing well not not psvr excuse me the pstv where it comes out for like a hundred bucks and then people don't really like it all that much, and it's hard to sell. So it drops all the way down like twenty dollars, and then it becomes useful through like modding and such. <laughs> and so then you right can scoop up. up some brand new for like twenty bucks, and then it goes up to like a hundred fifty. Yep, I think that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to see if there's any other questions. Let's see, I'm looking here. I'm getting a little bit tired, to be honest, as well, too. Yeah, I this think it's pretty shit. pretty close to wind-down time, but let's see if we can squeeze one or two more out. Yeah. If you can find one, awesome. I'm seeing sound gone, sound gone, but that's not the type of question we're looking for. Uh, here's one. Sure. So for uh, PSP ISOs, uh, maybe you can speak to this. Uh, is there a better graphical experience one way or another? Uh an OLED Vita Adrenaline or a PSP 3000? Ooh, OLED. Yeah. I had to think I that. Mean, I was like, wait a minute. It's like, no, 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 OLED. <laughs> there's something to be said probably on playing on original hardware, but the Vita is close enough. Yeah, the, v- the Vita looks pretty. Yeah. yeah. I do. If I get a Vita, I would like to get one of the OLED ones, I think. Mm-hmm. For sure. Let me, let me and see. And then rip sound, no sound, no sound. No sound. No sound. No sound. My God. <laughs> no one could think of a question when there was no sound. Yeah. All good, though. Everyone's questioning Let's the sound. Yeah. I'm not seeing any other things, so I'm going to do a last call here. And if we don't see anything in a, in a couple minutes here, then we're probably going to go ahead and now, wind th- down. Now, there is one thing. This isn't really a question. Um, I know I just had to pull up Discord on here directly. Dentron. Install Gen 2. Never. I'm not going to. Really? What is that? Gen 2 is like, you basically, their, their philosophy is that you have to compile every single piece of software that you put on your computer yourself. Mm-hmm. Every single, hundreds of packages That's to get silly. a system to run. I've heard of people saying it takes days of constant compiling. <laughs> To get their computer running. So that's the masochist version of Linux. Right. Okay. A good in-between would be Arch Linux, which I have ran. I actually ran Arch Linux for a long time, uh, for like a couple years. Um, And that was even too much for me because that was more like you had to build your system up, but you didn't have to compile everything. But you literally got a command line when you started up the computer. And you're like, all right, well, I'm going to install a few things so I can actually get a graphical user interface. (laughs) And I have nothing, no utilities. So I need to install the notepad and I need to install this and I need to install that. You know, just a lot of things you take for granted. But it made me learn a lot more about Linux and was able to, now I'm able to troubleshoot things a lot better because I know a lot more of what goes wrong and why it's going wrong and what errors I'm seeing and where they're related to. Yep. I will say, I, I guess one good way to finish this out would not be with a question, because uh, let's say we're done taking questions here, but a topic, which this would be, uh, Nicholas has been dropping this, and I had to grab it again from the uh, the Discord, which everyone should join if you got Discord. But 
right here, it looks like there was just something new that was released today. This oh. is a channelless SD-less entry point called SDR STR2 hacks. Breaking and news. They do. This is for the Wii. This is an entry point for the Wii. And unfortunately, this does not work on the Mini. So let's just go ahead. I, I haven't seen this until now. This is live. Yeah. Again, uh, so, all right. So with Nintendo shutting down the eShop, there won't be a way of getting the internet channel anymore, which means no more flash hacks, which is true. So we need another exploit that works without SD cards, and now only works with whatever default channels are installed on the Wii. So what's the attack surface for the default channels? Well, luckily for us, Nintendo decided to have the EU, their EULA for the Wii be updatable. And they decided to do this by making the EULA view actually just be Opera pointed at this page, where this page is the country code, and well, oh, XXX is the country code, and YY is the language. And since they get the page over HTTP, that means we can change the DNS servers, then we can switch the page out for whatever we want. The actual vulnerability being exploited here will be posted soon when the write-up is done. But the name of this exploit should give you a pretty good idea. For anyone looking for a fun exercise, try figuring out this exploit yourself. So this is how to set it up. Go to the Wii settings, under internet, select connection settings, choose your active, currently active connection. Select change settings and scroll to the right until you go to auto-obtain DNS. Say no to advance. So you're going to change your DNS settings, confirm and save, and then back out of internet, go to the panel, choose user agreements, say yes. You'll be taken to a screen telling you to review the user agreements for the Wii. Select next. If you see a pony on screen telling you to wait, then you've done everything correctly. The exploit takes one to two minutes. If it takes longer than two minutes, then it probably failed. Just turn off your Wii and start again after step six. After a minute or two, you should be booted into the HackMe installer. If the Wii freezes on a bunch of white text on it, please take a legible picture of the screen. I can't help you out if I can't read it. Holy shit, that's awesome. Wow. So you still need, so I see why it doesn't work on the mini because you do need internet access, but that's really cool because not only, again, um, as they said, you, you can only rely on the stock apps, Yep. but getting those small SD cards is getting a little more challenging now because in order to modify your Wii, you have to use just a standard SD card. You can't use a, a SD mm-hmm. HC or SD S, uh, HC, XC, anything mm-hmm. like that. You have to use like a one or two gigabyte regular vanilla stock, just no frills SD card. Yep. Which those are getting harder to find now. I bet you. I wonder if I still have mine sitting in my Wii. <laughs> it might be. But yeah, uh, that's really freaking cool. And maybe we'll have a little bit more to talk about next month. Maybe if they have some more details on, you know, how it actually works. But that's pretty freaking cool. For sure. So I'm glad to see that thing alive. I've, I've really, I, I kind of jacked up my Wii a little for, I won't get into it here. But okay. um, I really want to like redo a lot of my Wii stuff, which uh, I don't know. In short, like I'm in between firmwares. I have several Wii's that I need to hack up. Yeah, yeah. I have I have a nice black Wii sitting in my office right now that I need to hack up nice. and a stack. I just have like pretty much any consoles that I want to hack up. I just push into my office and they will eventually get done. Right. Yeah. So there is one more question. I think this would okay. be a good one okay, to end okay. on. All right. I and and when you do that, I have a couple questions for the audience. Okay. <laughs> I have one more question from X41, friend of the show. Opinions on the Detective Pikachu trailer. You watched it, right? I love it. I've seen it two or three times. I think it is... I think... Seeing the super, the truly super realistic Pokemon is definitely kind of a throw. Especially, like, Pikachu I kind of had to get used to. Mm-hmm. And one thing I was telling other people is they're like, oh, no, this is perfect. I'm like, well, no, the problem is that they've made 
plushy, realistic, like, looking Pikachus. So, like, we have had physical Pikachus for years. And this Pikachu looks nothing like the others. But I absolutely do want to see this. And I think it was definitely created, of course, with all audiences, but mainly with people in mind who are, like, 20-some, 30-some-year-olds that grew up with, with Pokemon. Yeah. Overall, I think they did the... I think they did the Pokemon justice. You know, that's probably, like, the least of my concerns. I think they all look really, really great. Blending that, like, slightly creepy realism, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you've seen those, like, ultra-realistic, like, Pokemon... Oh, yeah. You know, arts, right? So, like, it's, like, barely a little tiny bit of that, but, like... Just a bit. A lot of... I think it's really quality. I mean, like, even Jigglypuff looked, like, really freaking solid. People are angry about Jigglypuff having hair. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But, um, you know, so as far as the Pokemon go, I think it looks cool. Storyline, you know, maybe. I never played Detective Pikachu, so, like... I didn't either. I own it, and I still haven't played it. I really want to play it, though. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I do think I'm looking... So, this looks like it's taking place in, like, New York. Something similar to that, right? And so, if you follow Pokemon at all, the 5th Gen games took place in Unova, uh, which was based off of New York and kind of that region of the U.S. And if you look, there's a lot of signs where it's, like... Uh, in the trailer, you see like Unova style and Moo Moo Milk, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're definitely throwing some references, and I really hope they they do that really well without being too cheesy and in your face. You know what I mean? I would like to feel like I'm walking or I'm in the Pokemon world without it being super cheesy and super obvious. You know, those little like signs and stuff like that are really good, like just uh, really really nice little things that they don't need to put. Um, we'll see about the story, and we'll see about Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Because I think da- I, 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 Danny I'm DeVito. Ins- yes, Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. Danny DeVito should have been the voice, but Ryan Reynolds can still do a good job. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. just, I don't know. Him for me, I really like Ryan Reynolds. I'm a huge fan, but his roles for me, like, you know what I mean? Like, Van Wilder and Deadpool fit in the same universe in my head. <laughs> Pikachu? We'll see. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty much Deadpool getting turned into Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah, I did see. I haven't watched it yet, but my buddy sent me. I was busy yesterday when he sent me this, but he basically sent me a thing where they swapped out like the entire Detective Pikachu trailer with Danny DeVito stuff. Ooh, I need, I saw the one with where they swapped it out for Alex Jones stuff. No, no. that was a good one. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely excited. I you know, um, I I, th- I think like pretty much all the Pokemon look awesome, and that's good enough for me. Yeah, I'm not feeling the cringe factor just yet, <laughs> which is a good thing. Yeah, I think I was really expecting to, yeah. but yeah, now. Kind of wrapping up here. I, I have again. I have two questions for the audience, and we'll kind of hang out for a few minutes to see what w- what the gauge is. But uh, one, w- would everyone be cool next month if we do kind of like the yearly thing that we've been doing for the past few years? Like you and I did this last year. Daniel and I did it the year prior, uh, where we kind of just go into the December episode with little to no topics, and we just dedicate it to hanging out with you all, answering questions, talking about whatever the fuck we want to with eggnog. That was going to be my other thing. Yeah. <laughs> if we do that, would people be okay with it being an alcoholic stream? I don't want to say drunk stream because I, I don't want to get drunk That's on a, stream. No, I agree. I, mean, I don't want to get drunk your, on your stream. Your choice of words didn't help there. An alcoholic stream. A stream with alcohol. Because <laughs> I'm drinking, you can't see anymore, but I drink water on yeah. stream, all right? Same. Like when I'm on here, I drink water. Same. Yeah, no, this isn't like a stream to like get faded and get sloppy. But no. yeah, I, I propose the idea. Does like some eggnog sound good? Might provide a good relaxing environment. My, my thing, my, I don't do alcohol with cream well at all. Mm. It makes me sick. 
All right, you can just drink straight whiskey if you want. Jeez. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure something out. But, I mean, it, we, we just kind of floated this idea just totally in passing yeah. a couple days ago. Yeah. Because um, we, we've done, you know, the, the streams before were like the, the episodes where we just, you know, shoot the street, let the shoot, shoot the shit with everyone. And I'm thinking maybe, like, if there's big news, we might go in with, like, one or two topics. But the rest of it will just be casual talking about this. Yeah. And I wouldn't even mind, like, keeping, even if there is a couple big topics, keep those as, like, casual as possible, right? Mm-hmm. But we can chat about them. And I mean, I, I don't know. We probably have a pretty casual dialogue here anyway. Exactly. But yeah, no. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I personally, uh, I'm, I'm definitely down. Uh, and so if the chat is. I haven't seen anyone say no. I mean, I've seen, sure, would be cool. That sounds fun. Sure, as long as you bring booze. Yeah, or just a year in review. Eggnog sounds more fun. Do your thing. Uh, yeah, sounds fun. Mognod. <laughs> <laughs> Do a yearly mognod. Exactly. No, um... That, that's my way of, of ending the year. Yeah. So. A year in review, while that sounds good, we talk about, like, a lot of stuff. We like, talk about a lot of stuff. We're not taking three headlines here. Like, I don't know if I could. I, 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 year in review. Switch. Switch, yeah. <laughs> like, gee, Switch and place, PS4 really seem to be taking some of the, a lot of the, the yeah, highlights. So. truly. Um, so yeah, I don't know about the year in review. That would be a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do. I think that would take away from the ultra casual format, which I did really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a blast the last time we did it and, yes. um, you know, don't give me that look. No, can, can I, can I, can I talk about like what was going on? With All right. You, last you, time? you say, and I'll like, I'll, I'll provide my excuses. Devin was kind of drunk last episode, like last time we did this anyways, not last episode, but December, just go back and listen to or watch the December 7, <laughs> 2017 episode. And just be aware when you watch it that Devin was drinking right before. Yeah. So what had happened? So what has happened has been, uh, so yeah, I, uh, that day, it was actually one of my coworkers, one of my good friends. Uh, it was his last day at our job. Um, and so we all went out to a local bar arcade, had a good time. Um, and definitely, you know, I remember there, there, there was a little bit to drink too close to when I was leaving. So, like, it was processing. Like, and I remember I rushed directly to stream yes like there was no like hour long like sometimes we chill here and talk for 30 minutes or an hour or something like that before we go on there was none of that it was like rushing slap the computer down we made it on time i think yeah it it was funny though because i remember you kind of had this thing where you said that you had you know you felt the alcohol and then you sobered up enough and then you know the second wave of alcohol that you had right before you came over had processed yeah and you can tell because there there was two telltale signs one of them was like (laughs) Devin, I noticed you started kind of slowing down and like when, for example, if you disagree with me or something, you kind of did this thing or you're like this and you're like, I was eh, thinking, I don't know. thinking like really you, hard. Yeah, you kind of, you had that slowed reaction type thing. And the second thing was, because normally I'm tapping out at about an hour and a half, two hours, but like by two hours in, I was exhausted and you're literally sitting there like your legs up here and you're just like, 
oh man, I could like, <laughs> oh, I could stream for another like three hours. Uh, keep the questions like, going. You just, yeah, you were just like in this mode, and I'm oh. just sitting there. I'm like, Devin, no, we need to, we need to. St- I can't continue any further. Yeah, that was like the final yeah. wave of euphoria that came in, and I was just coasting at that point. But yeah, no, it definitely like I remember starting the stream, and it was one thing, but I remember actually thinking, kind of while the stream was going on, I was like, crud, I actually. it's a good thing that we don't make like we don't drink on stream because it would be a disaster because you know it got to a point where i was actually like enjoying myself less and then i remember there was one or two times and i probably overthunk it but uh i was like i was like on a rant and i remember i forgot like what the rant started as and i was just like uh (laughs) probably was way sidetracked and no one ever called you out for being under the influence or acting weird or anything like that but i'm just saying go back and just kind of skip through a little bit watch kind of like the last 30 minutes hour of that stream and realize that Devin was under the influence all i'm gonna say is moderation (laughs) is key yeah you know and yeah so if, if yeah i guess it wasn't a total ruined podcast and we're trying not to get to that level next month so yeah yeah no i'm trying to get happy on stream i'm not trying to get drunk you certainly can't get drunk because i mean if you have to crash here you can but i know you do want to drive back home yeah preferably yeah because it's going to be you know like usual on a wednesday so i'll have work exactly most likely i don't know i've got to take like almost a week off or i lose some pto which has been super busy so it's one of those like crud like when am i going to find the time to do this like no one's telling me i can't but it's kind of like that, I don't know, my, my, my crew is very tight at work, and I definitely want to make sure that I'm there for everyone when we need to, because there's a lot going on, so I don't know, i got to find a time to, it's such a, I don't know if it's first world, but it's such a ridiculous problem to have. Yeah. i got to find Just time to take a week off from work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get it. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, anyways, I think this is a very good time to wrap up now because we went over a lot longer than I was thinking. But oh, real quick, what seems like we have a new person in here that maybe saw us for the first time live. Shiggity Shiggity Media. Yes, good to see you. Welcome. Good to see you. Absolutely. Glad to see you in the chat. We Definitely are wrapping up here, but if you yeah. can come out for another episode next month, we'll be alcoholics and the making. I don't know. Man, yeah, that's, that just word is so violent sounding. Just. An alcoholic, alcoholic stream, <laughs> I, dude. I don't. I don't drink that often. Okay, I'm not a good drinker, so I don't. I don't know this stuff. I don't know what I yeah. would call. I it. have zero tolerance for alcohol. All right, so I'm literally like when people are just like, "Oh yeah, I remember I, when I had my first beer." I'm like, "No, I'm at the point like I can have a beer and get buzzed." Yeah, I call right. it drinking on a budget because I drink so infrequently. Yeah, you've we've compared budgets before. I remember when you told me like. What was when we went to the comedy show and you were just like, oh yeah, like I actually went into my budget for the first time in a while. Yeah, and I was just like, jeez. <laughs> yeah. All right, so should we go ahead and wrap things up? Absolutely, absolutely. So Devin, where can people find you online? Easiest place is Twitter, Paranoid Coder, also on YouTube. Um, the uh, I'll say like the the initial challenge for the one a month videos. Uh, was broken a bit, but my goal is to have, you know, and this was a while ago, we had mm-hmm. talked about it, but, you know, my goal is to have 12 videos for this year. I'm going to hit it. In fact, awesome. I have my 11th video ready to turn on 
Nice. And I might, I don't know, depending on time frames, I might even release another one because I had this one queued up. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I'm going to have a, you know, my 12th video. We're going to complete the challenge-ish. Uh, I, I, you know, if you didn't give it to me, if you didn't give me a pass, I would not blame you, my friend. But it got me doing videos, so definitely check it out. Uh, I have a lot of fun over there, um, usually about once a month, so not super frequent, but, you know, head on over. Absolutely. What about you, man? Uh, your links will be down below in the description on YouTube as well, too. Sweet. Uh, you can find me, of course, on pretty much all social media, so Instagram, Twitter is the best one to get a hold of me. Of course, YouTube, Mr. Mario 2011. You can find the podcast here, uh, Mod Chat, of course, on uh, my YouTube channel. You can find it in audio form on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify now. Still excited about that. Uh, pretty much... Mo- I don't want to say all, most major podcasting platforms and apps, you can find this. So again, it is a podcast. There is an audio version out there. Uh, we're not one of those people who we just do the live streams on YouTube and call it a podcast and we don't provide the audio <laughs> at all. That really frustrates me when people yeah. call their YouTube live streams a podcast and they don't sit, they yeah. don't provide any type of separate audio stream. I think you pointed this out to me at least five times. Yes. <laughs> yes, I truly have. Yeah. But yeah, no, that, that that's about it here. Uh, aside from that, I guess I can say uh, it's not Thanksgiving in the U.S. yet, but happy early Thanksgiving. Uh, happy No Nut November. Happy Oof. No Shave November. I'm not celebrating No Nut November, but I am celebrating No Shave November. To some people who are shaving, uh, they could be celebrating Movember, so happy Movember. You're yeah, not celebrating must... either of those. No. Damn. I just don't care. Okay. No, I feel that. I mean, maybe it would be a good thing with discipline, but we don't need to see this. Let's see, you got, you got, you got. I, I, I guess it's, so. I'm, it's going, it's going on. I'm looking neck beardy right now. In about a week, it will look good. Yeah. But right now, it's still looking kind of shitty. But yeah, so. no, I just, I've never participated. I don't grow that much facial hair. It's oh. not pretty. Oh, dude, I love it. It's so. great. <laughs> I don't mind shaving. I love a clean shaven face. I really do. It's like almost euphoric. For me. I respect that. But anyways, that's not what we need to end the podcast on. <laughs> For all you people out there doing No Shave November, more power to you. Yes, absolutely. Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching and dropping by and listening, everyone. Until next time. Next time we'll have alcohol, though. Mm, eggnog. Eggnog. Modnog. <laughs>